0: The, road the martyr, through the hood yeah. just Ooh. trying to find that hook up and everyday we looked up at the ceiling watching ceiling fans go round trying to catch that mm, feeling I got in my pencil and plus my paper, paper. called the 86 on your head that you and round trying to find i was fried it that the that anniversary life, of ATLien's no nah, this was random Oh, okay 50 I'm 50 down with it though, man stop, like We ain't making no jeans no, 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 Dope niggas in the, niggas in the, niggas in the Cadillac Duh I don't know why
1: Somebody tweeted like this was controversial That AT Aliens is their best album But I've thought that for a long time long time man really yeah. i feel like this is the perfect mix like this is before andre got too weird like he he was still on some outer spaceship and he didn't go completely like you know what he eventually i'm not saying like he's still a legend yeah but i feel like this is the perfect mix of the street shit and like the conscious outer space out of this world creative shit yeah
2: you know, I I got the play his I got to play his best uh his last best rap song too, man, now that you mentioned
1: that. <laughs> oh, Andre three thousand? Yeah. Okay. This is, is, my, is it that kid Cuddy one? I met you in the club in Atlanta Joe. Oh yeah, this me
0: get my home bubble coming, coming out. out with an album. You look <laughs> at me like yeah, nigga, right, but you gave me your number anyway, you were on the calcum how got how's about them earn just moved away from home to school with big plans by day study the history of music by night just to pay for that shit and yep. dance to get your pants was a mission in pop we were both the yeah, same mate for
1: like
2: 5 minutes on, this on the same song. Yeah,
1: but this was like I, so like I feel like this somebody. is when he knew he was quitting rap, rap. <laughs> so, so he yeah, was yeah, like fuck it, let me let know, just put it all out there, there man 5 minutes of me just rapping this was no nothing this was the only
2: rap song on that album Yeah,
1: (laughs) on the double disc, his version of the double disc. Love below. Yeah.
2: This is probably, to me, this is probably his best verse ever. 100%
1: Oh 100% I didn't even know he produced this beat too I didn't even know that That's crazy man so, yeah. I think he knew I think he knew this was going to be it He was like fuck it Let me just put this all out here All my all my energy I have left for rapping I'm going to just put it in this one track And, and never finish the
2: song Remember he said the mix will probably um, The mix will probably be finished when 7 turns 6
1: <laughs> yeah. Seven is a
2: grown ass man now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I forgot he had a kid named Seven. Yeah. Damn, yeah. wild life, Andre. And now he just walk around random airports playing a clarinet. Man, <laughs> Whatever you, you see playing. that video? Yeah. Yeah, he he
2: was. They say he was looking like a homeless man just playing the clarinet. Yeah. I will. Oh man, that's that's insane, man. Like it, it show Like we always talk about the people that's in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You could tell that uh, he was a person that really didn't care for the spotlight like that. Yeah. Like, he f- he's fine playing the clarinet at a gas station somewhere, just, you know, like being under disguise
1: Yeah. I mean, the same thing with Dave Chappelle. Like, even though Dave Chappelle is, like, world famous at this point, like, he can't go nowhere in America and not be known as Dave Chappelle. But he still will just randomly go. Like, he, did, he does show for people in a cornfield. Like, he'll just go to a random park and put a boombox, like, with a little cheap microphone <laughs> and just start telling jokes. Yeah. Like, some people want that wanderer lifestyle, man. Not everybody wants to be on the fucking TV all the time, yeah, in movies all the time. Yeah, on the top of the charts. Like, some people just want to do their thing. And, and not, honestly, man, I feel like that's what that would be my path if I got super rich one day like my goal would be just rich enough to be anonymous again (laughs) you know like i would buy buy my own land somewhere in the middle of fucking nowhere Mm -hmm. and just fucking chill man and do whatever the fuck i wanted dog yeah i I think (laughs) i
2: got yeah i think i got to that point too obviously a couple years ago i'm like oh i want to be famous i want to do this do that but i kind of got to the point where you know um like i i really don't care to to be this person that perform on stage or you know just be be in these fancy cars like i don't mind just you know seeing the artists i like and be like hey let me put something to it just because just for the love and just you know just be normal man like i I don't mind going to a little barbershop and just Mm -hmm. be just be a normal guy like i don't care how much money i got i just want to be that type of person
1: And it's possible. That's why I respect Andre, man. Some people, some people are critical of the fact that he never had a solo album, a real solo album. But I mean, he did what he wanted to do. Yeah. Now, if he felt that strongly about being a top five MC, he could have put more projects out if he wanted to. He just never really cared about it like that, man. And I respect that. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, but in the meantime, we still on the ground, people. So keep playing this podcast keep promoting it keep doing what you got to do because we got to get there first before we go to uh, anonymity again so yes uh so another exciting episode on the docket today for the gems and juice podcast man we've got a special guest joining us a little bit later dear friend of ours who i think you will enjoy hearing from again as well as his, his great new music he's releasing uh but first off man we gonna kick it off old school style it's me and figgy chopping it up talking about all the fuckery going on this week uh <laughs> so first off figgy man you know we got checking on you bro how you been man
2: man i've been cool man I, uh i went to a new barbershop today okay yeah so i want to give a special shout out to my dude rivers he go by the name rivers and um i actually met him on twitter because, uh, a couple weeks ago, I posted, I reposted this video, uh, um, I'm, I'm sure everybody probably seen this video of this kid seeing Deshaun Watson in the Bentley truck. And he was just so hyped, like, my boy D. Watt in the Bentley truck and all that. <laughs> so, uh, I, I always play that clip on In the Loop. And, um, I actually posted that clip re, or retweeted that clip again on Twitter. And the, the guy who did that um, shot that video or, uh, that the guy that was in the video, he, uh, retweeted it or whatever. And I think his uncle or something was like, Oh yeah, that's my nephew, blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, he ended up following me. So we kind of just stayed in touch a little bit just via Twitter. And, um, and I guess out of nowhere, some guy followed me who was a barber was like, "Yeah, yeah, I know his dad, blah, 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 blah. And, um, I'm like, damn, okay. I'm like, oh, you a barber? I'm looking for a barber. And, and he was like, yeah, come on through and just, you know. So I ended up linking up with him and um, got a haircut today. Okay. And, and, and this is how small world it is. His, um, I'm not sure who owned that barbershop. The barbershop was in Fifth Ward and, um, his, the, the, the kid who did the video, his dad was a barber there. So I, I, I'm i not sure if his dad owned the shop or the um, my guy Rivers. But um so I was talking to his dad and he was like, yeah, my son, he, you know, he a bit Deshaun Watson fan and, you know, hopefully we can set something up where he can meet him one day. So um it was pretty dope, man. It, 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 that was my first time being in that type of barbershop in a long time. It was like, okay. it was like super old school. You had the old mm-hmm. school cats in there. And they laugh and they talk about sports and they actually knew who I was. Oh wow. <laughs> That's the funny That's part dope. about it. Yeah. They're like, Oh yeah, this figure, he um, worked for 610 sports radio. And the guy was like, Oh yeah, I know, I know who he is. Yeah. You on with Lopez. <laughs> and then, yeah, I listen to y'all when I'm going to lunch. And then I'll be listening to the other dude. What's the country dude from, from Baytown, Clint Sterling? <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> So they were, uh, talking about that. They was talking about how country is and they was talking like him. I'm like, yeah, man, that's Clint ah, Sterner, that's man. it's
1: <laughs> <Close to discuss>. good. <laughs> that's yeah, funny. So
2: yeah, shout out to the, uh, the, the, the name of the barber shop is, uh, I think the nicest barbers around. That's the name of the shop. Okay. The nicest barbers around. And it's in fifth ward.
1: Okay. <laughs> but uh let's fast forward to the future, man. Like we said, check out uh Leroy Cook. We're gonna have him on the podcast in a little bit. The Jim's and Juice guest. Artist Spotlight. Yes, the Jens and Juice Artist Spotlight. Leroy Cook. Uh check out the song and knockout uh wherever you can. And we got some topics to talk about, man. A lot a lot of some fuckery happened this week. We gotta break down. And Leading off, we'll start with the shocking news that Cardi B has filed for divorce from Offset. Dun, dun, dun. Are you shocked? I, for one, one, am shocked. You know, I thought niggas could cheat and get away with it. I don't know when to think fucking Beyonce took him back. Yeah. I thought they could work it out. (laughs) But, so... Uh, it, it was discovered, and the way this came out was very interesting, too, because usually when a celebrity couple uh, breaks up, they have their representatives make an announcement. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you see any couple, they say, okay, uh, like Molly Cyrus and that Hemsworth dude, mm-hmm. like the representatives make a statement saying they have amicably <laughs> divorced or they have broken up, they have separated, separated. whatever. Yeah. And they wish each other the best in the future. We didn't get that. We got a court filing, and TMZ eventually also confirmed it that Cardi B actually filed for divorce from Offset. Apparently, she wants uh, custody of culture, and she also wants child support, mm. which is interesting because I thought she had more money than him.
2: Yeah, that's but, yeah that yeah that's really interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So um it's contested, which apparently means that he does not agree to these terms and they're going to have to have it out in court. But what do you think I have because I've been trying to piece together when this actually happened, because, you know, we don't see behind the curtain. But Cardi B is usually one of the most open people we see on mm-hmm. social media. But nothing she's posted in the recent really, I guess she had one IG story about moving on or whatever. But she, she, nothing that she had posted really led us to think that they were actually done, done. But apparently it appears to be so. So, Figgy, what did you think? What do you think about this news? And do you think it's actually over or do you think they could still work things out?
2: Um, do I think it's over? I wouldn't be surprised if it was over a minute ago, man, because I, yeah. I felt like it, it was pretty rocky before with, you know, offset, you know, cheating, but mm-hmm. I think with, with Cardi blowing up so fast, so big like that, I think they, I think offset's team made it a point to sit him down and say, look, you got the baddest bitch in the game right now. She's the hottest person on earth right now. Like y'all, you need to work this shit out. You need to chill out. You need to stop being messy out here. And y'all need, you know, y'all got a baby. Y'all need to work this shit out, bro. Like we can't, we can't have all this going on. And unfortunately, I feel like he wasn't really doing that, man. I, th- I think they tried to stay together. I think if, if Cardi wasn't as big as she was, I think they probably would have broke up around that first time. Yeah, but I think they just try to keep it together to keep the image going. I, th- I I I think Offset maybe tried to latch on a little longer than usual. I think he probably would have moved on if it wasn't the superstar Cardi B. But um, yeah, I think I, I'm not sh- I'm not sure what happened w- to the point where she filed for divorce. Maybe it was the baby thing because I think that I'm I'm not sure if that's a rumor or if it's true. With mm-hmm. him, you know, having another baby on the way, uh, maybe maybe she realized that, you know, her image is looking worse, you know, being latched on with him. So she want to, you know, move on for her career. But I think it, I don't know, I, I'm not really surprised because they, they they lasted longer than I thought. I thought they yeah. was not going to last at all. I didn't think they were going to get married. I thought it was just a spur of the moment thing. But it lasts super long. But I was really surprised at people being so shocked about it or upset about it. I uh, I I see a lot of people doing the jokes. I, I did a couple jokes too, but yeah. the the funny part about this is seeing the women so up in arms about these jokes. It's like nah, like come on now. Like we like I know you seen some of the jokes of the uh of the WOP. Talk about, I guess Cardi wasn't cleaning and cooking, so he he had had to look elsewhere. But like, people, women was so up in arms about these jokes. Like, we all know Offset wasn't shit. We all know he was dirty, doing all type of other dumb shit. So of course, we not saying that's the reason he was out looking elsewhere. But look, man, everybody got joke. Everybody got jokes on Twitter, man. You can't get mad at people joking about it on Twitter. You you know we we just had people joking on Will Smith and Jada Pickett mm-hmm. <laughs> for their situations. So yeah, it, like people need to relax with the hey guys. You like you know it was other things he did cheat. So I don't understand why y'all making uh, jokes about Cardi. It's just, it's like nah, she made a song about wet ass pussy.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> talking about how um like she ain't got to cook a clean. Mm-hmm. but then turn around and, you know, file for divorce because this dude is out here cheating. <laughs> so it's just, it's just kind of hilarious. Just seeing that, uh, seeing people up in arms about that.
1: Yeah. And I also think that, that line is why people were surprised. Yes, Like, I don't know when WAP, or WAP was recorded. Like I don't, it, it could be six months old. And mm-hmm. in that time things deteriorated much more quickly in their relationship. So that's possible. but it just seems weird how after you put a line with something like that bragging about how you got married even though you don't cook or clean and then like the next month you get divorced. yeah it's very odd the, the, just it's a very odd <laughs> dynamic of where like you kind of look like an hypocrite now because why are you bragging about that shit when you ended your marriage, because a nigga ain't shit or whatever the reason was. Yeah. And, and so and it
2: was people out there talking about, so, Hey guys, you know, she filed for divorce. So I don't understand why y'all making the jokes about her and blah, blah. Like, look, like if, if, if your wet ass pussy was that good, this dude ain't going to be out there looking for else, uh, other wet ass pussy.
1: I disagree. <laughs> I disagree, man. Because like, look. You could do, like, Offset could just be, and I don't, I'm, I usually don't take this stance. You know me. <laughs> I usually blame the woman. Yeah. But if uh, somebody like Offset just strikes me as somebody who just a dog, man. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. he just probably want to fuck everybody <laughs> yeah. and keep Cardi. Yeah. So but, Cardi, But but see,
2: but see, my point is, like, you could divorce somebody because, you know, that person ain't shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that, you know, uh I mean, I mean, you, or you could divorce somebody because that other person don't want anything else to do with you. you now, I mean, I mean, we don't know the situation, but offset could be somebody that's just, you know, not really in love anymore. Or, you, you know, you dealt with people who didn't actually file for divorce, but they was mentally checked out of that relationship. Mm. So it, it could have been something like that where he like, nah, you know. She really don't be doing shit. She nasty. She, you know, (laughs) she, you know, lazy. So I'm, you know, I'm cool. I'ma just do my thing. And she's and you know, she could see that and be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm filing for divorce. So it's not always a thing where, you know, just because she filed for, for divorce that she was right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know it's not I know it's probably not like that with this situation, but like people just throwing out there like, oh yeah, well, you know, she filed for a divorce. So, you know, she's the right one. It's like, nah, like you don't know the situation for real.
1: That's true. That's true. Like it could be he got, he got checked out, but my inclination, my, my, my inner self, I just feel like Offset wanted to keep this together because I can't imagine somebody like Offset being cool with his baby mama fucking somebody else, mm-hmm. which is eventually what's going to happen. It may have already happened, so I I imagine him as somebody who's very possessive, and somebody who did not want Carrie to leave him. You know, we saw him begging when he cheated the first time, fucking looking like looking kind of pathetic, honestly.
0: Yeah,
1: with the whole roses on the fucking uh, fucking stage, rushing and like the whole story about him sneaking on to try to propose and get her back. He he kind of played himself and looked bad there. Mm-hmm. so a man now go to those links to get cardi back i feel like he wanted to keep her but i feel like she probably realized like look because i remember that time you have to remember the time when he got he said he got hacked yeah, because his, his his ex-girl uh posted some instagram messages about her like she was basically he was basically still reaching out to her and trying to hit yeah so then he claimed he got hacked like what hacker would do that yeah you see people get hacked all the time and they just say oh fucking niggers and blah 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 they don't say they don't reach out to their their baby mother yeah like this person would even know that if they hacked offset yeah just think of just
2: just put yourself in um a hacker's shoes are you going to hack a celebrity account and reach out to that celebrity's baby mother saying, hey, <laughs> I want to have sex with
1: you. Yeah. Like, what would what
2: would you get out of that? You're not about to have <laughs> sex with
1: her. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and looking back, I think, because Cardi tried to defend it, and she said Offset was a hack, too. But I think, low-key, she probably knew he wasn't. And she probably just said that so she didn't look worse for still being with him at this time. Mm-hmm. But – Looking back, you're you you could be right. I think this could have been done a, a while back and we just didn't really know about it until now. So yeah, I'm not too surprised, man, but I do I do feel like offset's gonna fight it. I do feel like it's gonna get a whole lot more dramatic with him yeah. trying to get her back. And I also feel it's convenient because she got an album coming out, mm-hmm. and I did remember seeing a uh a post. Uh, she did some kind of interview about the new album and she said it's going to sound a lot like Lemonade. Mm. And I'm like, okay. I was I was wondering about that because I was like, you already addressed this shit in songs before. So why would you do it again for your new album? This will probably get messier and we will hear more about this on her upcoming album. Um, and all will be exposed in time. But I just personally, even though, like I said, I like to, I blame the woman a lot of these times, but I just feel like this is Offset's fault somehow just knowing how he probably <laughs> rolls. Yeah. So, but I think we will see more of him prostrating himself. I think he will do more corny shit to try to get her back. But I think it is probably over at this point, man. So, Yeah. It is what it is. And
2: we we knew Offset wasn't shit, man. Yeah. It, we were it, it, it this wasn't Jay-Z and Beyoncé where, yeah. you know, it was a perfect couple. We knew he wasn't shit. We were just i i we was honest i or at least i was I was honestly looking to see how long it's gonna last, mm-hmm. but we knew I, I knew this day was coming it it just waited a little longer
1: <laughs>
2: but I, I knew this day was coming,
1: and it might have been honestly these are one of the things that I think we're gonna see more of this as the months go on. people who have been forced to stay together, like you know we're in the quarantine thing, nobody doing shows, they mm-hmm. probably had to stand in the same roof for an extended amount of time. Yeah. And they might have just figured out, like, look, we don't really love each other like we thought we did. Yeah. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. When you're not around somebody, you miss them. When you're around somebody too much, you get fed up with them. Yeah. And that might have been what happened here. And, Who some, knows,
2: and so. some people just not, you know, built for that marriage life. Maybe Offset yeah. is not a husband type of person. Maybe he liked to be a bachelor. Maybe he just liked to <laughs> be out in these streets
1: yeah it seemed like it man and, and in another Migos related news i think they, de- they debuted a new song mm-hmm. um let, let me play this shit real quick man because people are saying Migos are over uh you want, so, me, to, you want
2: me to try to find
1: it uh I, I could find it real quick i know somebody who just retweeted it let me find it they debuted a new song i don't know if it's on streaming yet okay here it is I'll let y'all decide if Migo still got it or if they're over. She won the Birkin. I tell her to work it. She won the Birkin. I tell her to work
0: it. She won the Birkin. I tell her to work it. She won the Birkin. I tell her to She want the Birkin. I tell her to it. She won the Birkin. I tell her to She won the Birkin. I tell the to She won the Birkin. I tell her to work it. She, Be-go, 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 she won the Birkin. I tell to the Birkin. I tell her A hundred thousand for a bag. Hundred. That's a whole lot of cash. I bought a watch and made a glass. And caught the cool so I can drag. I bought a bag and made her mad. I bought the, B- the bag. The bag. I bought the bag just the brass. <laughs> soup, soup,
3: Ooh,
1: ooh. I, I understand a group like the Migos ain't really going to be ones to push Lyrical. the envelope forward. Yeah. And, but at what point do you realize you're making the same fucking song over and over and over again? Yeah.
2: I was waiting on a different hook. <laughs> and for, because, and like, I want to work it. I want to work it. I want to work it. I, I thought it was going to switch it up. That's literally the whole hook.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: they they are literally using that same formula from 2012 2013 yes
1: like <laughs> I, I guess they just gonna ride this to the wheels fall off but the wheels are crumbling man <laughs> like that culture too to me some people liked it i thought it was disappointing and this whatever they call this album culture i think three. it's probably gonna be their last as a group i think they might break up after this because like the the formula is stale yeah, and they they had their run. They had a good run for yeah. a group. This is this but, is another group that
2: I thought was probably going to be maybe two or three years, and that's it. Yeah, and they they actually lasted a, a very long time. This is a really good career, man. Mm-hmm. So like I, I'm not like I would probably say at the end of time you could probably put them up there as like um some of the legends of the 2010s.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Like
2: when you talk about the 2010s, you got to talk about Migos. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but they definitely got a, a very respectable career, but like right now, man, it's just like nah, like I don't even think these rappers uh the the rap that you hear now, they're not even on that. When yeah,
1: you, when you that li- flow, that flow kind of died out.
2: Yeah, when you listen to people like um even somebody like a little baby or um, Polo G, Money Man, mm-hmm. uh, ride Wave, they don't even be talking about. They actually be spitting lyrics now, man. <laughs> like me, the Mego Flow, they you know a lot of people say you know they really wasn't saying nothing. I kind of disagree. They say a little something, but mm-hmm. now these Rod Waves, they actually be talk talking that real shit. <laughs> They actually be having pain in their lyrics, man. They they sing a little bit, but they actually are very lyrical compared to what it was uh, seven years ago. Yes. So just coming out with a hook like that, it's kind of like, huh? Like that was cool seven years ago, but now, like they they actually talking about some real shit. <laughs> you know, gro- growing up poor and all this other shit. That's mm-hmm. actually lyrics uh, right now from these young rappers
1: and i've also been wondering the the long lasting effects of this pandemic and the economy i kind of feel like we're we're nearing the end of the baller rap era man like <laughs> songs like this nobody wants to hear this shit man nobody could fucking afford a birkin bag at this point in a fucking pandemic niggas lost jobs fucking people hustling struggling to make ends meet Nobody want to hear about some goofy-ass French fashion bullshit anymore, man. Like, we're off that, especially with all this racial injustice shit going on, all that stuff. We don't want to hear about no foreign fucking designers who probably don't even like black people. Yeah. You know, we're tired of that shit, man. Like, we don't care if you can afford it. And according to all this music label debate, a lot of you rappers really can't afford this shit because y'all apparently have been getting fucked for a long time, according to Kanye and other people. So, I mean, it just, like, we. I think it's time for rap to, I'm not saying this has to completely die out, but I think it needs to grow past this, man. Like, it was cool in the Diddy and Biggie era, and it was cool when Gucci, like, it it was cool for a little bit, man, but I think niggas are getting, it's about time for us to collectively be fed up with just a constant stream of this type of music, man, because... I ain't really hear for it no more. Yeah,
2: and that's why I know we had this debate um, a few months ago. But when Lil Baby put out that song, yeah, it wasn't our favorite song. But at least he, you know, released something that was, you know, I guess current around yes. those current events. Like he didn't release a, a song like she won a Birkin. <laughs> you know what I mean, yes, like we didn't <laughs> like. Like, we can say what we want about the little baby, you know, Power to the People song, Fight the Power song.
1: <laughs> but at least
2: it was around that moment.
1: Yes, <laughs> at it least fit with the times.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, I, I'm sure nobody playing that right now, but at least it was around that time where, you know, he at least trying something else. Yes. <laughs> like, right now, I don't care. I mean, maybe if I'm in a club, but I'm not even in a club.
1: And nobody's in the clubs no more, man, really, unless you're in Atlanta. They don't give a fuck about coronavirus over there. But nobody's in a setting where this would really bump, yeah. honestly. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. man. Like, I-, I figured they would just be the ones to ride this wave to the falls off, and I'm a little disappointed at the fact that they haven't really grown at all as artists.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: they just keep making the same shit. Yeah. And it's disappointing because I expected a, l- a little more from them I don't know why, but I just expected them to grow and kind of explore more. Kind of do what Gucci. I, I'm not saying Gucci man grew a lot, yeah. but he knew how to stay relevant and with the times.
2: He, yeah. He actually rapped yeah. too, man. Yeah. He, he would actually
1: rap about real shit. Yeah. Whereas they, these fools just be making, they recycle their lyrics. They, they, it just all sounds the same, man. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, this, this song is disappointing. And- I think. And the amigo's other, run is officially and, over and
2: the other thing is they all released solo projects at some point yes. during this time and and it was actually a little they actually had some content to it so mm-hmm. you know uh takeoff has some content um uh offset definitely has some content you know what i mean yeah Uh he he had his daughter on the on the mm-hmm. uh on the uh artwork so it was it was there but i don't think nobody want to hear this right now
1: <laughs> yes I agree, man. So we'll see where things go from there. Uh, I don't know if they can recover, but we will see. And mm-hmm. speaking of the Kanye tweets, man, we got to address this shit too.
3: <laughs> Kanye
1: is woken up again. Uh, I guess he's basically officially abandoned his run for president because yeah. he ain't talking about that no more suddenly. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard nothing about his campaign, really. His new mission seems to be against the music labels. He wants artists to have control of their masters again. He wants them to stop getting raped by the labels in the industry and whatnot. Um, And he's been on a tirade, man. He posted every single page. I think he's signed to like three labels. Mm -hmm. He admitted. And he posted every single page of all. He tweeted every single page of all of his, uh, his contracts, um, he also spoke out about, uh, Forbes being racist and he actually got suspended from Twitter because he posted the phone number of the head editor of Forbes, uh, Rand something Randall, I forget his name, but, uh, so yeah, he, he has been on a tirade. He peed on a Grammy <laughs> that
3: he was posted hilarious. A video of him.
1: He put a Grammy in the toilet and peed on it, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, he threw some little shots at Drake, but said he was just kidding. And he wants everybody to be free. He wants everybody. And now this is his new mission is uh, against the. He also says something about he is the head of Adidas and he wants to make Puma better because all oh, their shit is trash or whatever. But he apologized for that tweet for whatever reason. So, yeah, he's just been on a tirade lately. But a less controversial one, I will say. At least he stopped talking about fucking ignorant shit about racism and politics. Because I'm glad he's off that too. Yeah, you know we don't need more of that. If you want to fight for artist rights, that's cool with me, man. I personally don't really care because I'm not signing nothing, and this is like rich people problems. Because here's <laughs> my thing, man. I want to get your take too, but now nah, I'm All fucking right. on this. Oh, go ahead. So. I don't know how rappers want us to fucking feel sympathy for them when things like this happen, man, when mm-hmm. all of your content is about, especially Kanye been talking about how you can afford shit. We can't for decades now mm-hmm. and all this high end fashion stuff. They promote all the expensive liquor. They brag about getting the expensive cars. And now you want the people to feel pity for you because your record label is taking a whole, all your work and making more profit off of it than you are. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, tough shit, I guess, yeah. but all, all them years you talking about balling so hard, it's very hard for me to feel sympathy for you when you still doing a whole lot better off than people who probably lost their job in a pandemic or whatnot, et cetera, et cetera. So, it's a good fight to fight, I guess, but I'm not feeling a whole lot of sympathy for it personally, man. But Figgy, how do you feel about this, man? Do you feel like I, Kanye is being righteous here or is he just doing something to benefit him and he's trying to get people to be behind him?
2: I I think he's being righteous, man. I think as an artist and me being, uh, I guess, a former artist or a, a heavy music lover, I appreciate this type of stuff. And I, I, uh, I agree with you. I don't agree with artists trying to get other people on board, or like as other people, I mean, fans. On Mm -hmm. board to like, hey, let's protest this or let's do this because they own my masters and I only get a certain amount of money for this and they get millions for it. Like, I don't really agree with artists trying to get fans on board to, you know, help with that. But I do think other artists, you know, if you're in that business, I think you I think it's. I think uh, they should talk to them. I think his tweet should be towards other artists. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't, you know, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't go to fans saying, hey, guys, hey, you, we need to um, bring awareness to this situation in music because I don't own my masters. And, you know, they, they're fucking me out of, you know, $20 million. And we need to stop this. Like, I shouldn't have to go to fans for that. It should be a thing where I'm saying, hey, uh, to all the artists out there in the industry. This is a big problem. We need to fix this. We need to stick together, because just just imagine if the NFL was going through the same thing where you know um, this artist or this athlete wanted a pay raise and he only making this amount of money. You think he about to go to the fans? Mm -hmm. Think of it as a running back. You know the running back position is like that position where you really don't want to pay them because they only last a couple years. Just imagine a running back coming out saying, hey, guys, we need to, you know, change this to the fans. Like, they don't, you know, no disrespect, they don't give a shit about that. That's not their money. They're not getting any of that money. If anything, they're paying for it. You know what I mean? They're paying to see you play. So they don't really give a shit about that. But if that running back say, hey, let's get all the running backs together and, you know, let's stick our chests out and say, hey, you know, pay us or we won't play. Or, we, you know, so in this situation with Kanye, if he was to go to the artists, uh, call out all the artists and say, hey, I know we all are in this situation. Let's stick together and, you know, come up with something because this is wrong. We should we should own our masters. Let's boycott hip hop until we, you know, something like that. I think Mm -hmm. I think that would make more sense than, you know, trying to get fans on board for, you know, stuff like that.
1: I agree, and that's why I didn't like when Taylor Swift tried to do it with her fan base. Mm -hmm. I didn't like trying to, because here's the thing, and I'm not in the music industry, but I I do some reading on this type of stuff, and I think the debate is a lot more, it's not as simple as you sign to a label and they just own everything and immediately rape you, and then it's just bad for everybody. There's a lot more in the middle that fans don't understand. And honestly, I don't understand some of it, you know, like people don't really understand except for the artists, you know, because there is an, nobody is going to stick up for the labels, but the argument for the labels is the fact that when they sign a new artist, they're the ones taking all the risk because yeah. you don't know if that person going to be the next Kanye. You know, they're going to be the next hit boy. You don't know what they're going to be really. When you sign them, you can do your best to promote them. But if they flop, you know, like the, that girl from Gucci Gucci, what's her name? Creation. Yeah. Said that she owned her label. She owed her label $8 million. Well, that's because they invested that shit into you and you yeah. are a one hit wonder and they you fucking flopped. Yeah. So they take the risk when they give you money for produce. They, they bankroll everything for you. Mm-hmm. They pay for your production team, your band, if you're alive. Uh, uh, Playing live shows, you DJ, uh mixing, mastering, production of the album, putting it on Spotify and boosting it up, putting in Apple Music, making physical copies. They pay for all of that shit. It don't come out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. So it's a risk. <laughs> yes. and just, So yeah,
2: just think about whoever discovered Krayshawn and w- wanted to invest all that money in it. They probably exactly. Got, you know, I don't, I don't know who did, but. Most likely, they probably got in trouble for that shit, or they got fired. Yes, <laughs> you
3: know <what> I mean <laughs> they
2: lost. You know how she how she owed eight million dollars to a record label. Mm-hmm. That person probably got fired because they lost eight million dollars. They invested yes. eight million dollars in the artist, so it's it's definitely tricky. That's that's why um, you know that that's why it's tricky when whenever artists you know want all that money back. Whenever it's like, man, it's a loan. Let's be real. It's a loan. Mm, yes. They're they not putting all this money into you to break even. <laughs> know what I mean? Like, yes. like, it's a bunch of people. I hate to be this guy, but it's a bunch of people that want that opportunity. If I had that opportunity mm. to sign with a label, uh, shoot, five years ago. And just to show, just to have a chance, I will probably do it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will probably do it because you know I don't have any money. I'm I'm broke. I'm working a regular job. So if if you was to invest millions in me, give me a a a a hundred thousand dollar signing bonus to change mm-hmm. my life, and all I got to do is make music and you know, and you know have a successful career. Now, I mean, I you know I won, I <laughs> won. I won. So, you know, I understand, you know, if people are getting fucked out of a bunch of money and you know, it's it's never right. But, you know, when you see situations like you know, like the situation with Meg is like, hey, I you know, I wrote all my shit. I did all this shit on my own, but it's like, yeah, you did, but you know, you got a lot of help <laughs> behind mm-hmm. this independent label too. So it's it's not like a thing where you say, hey, Thanks, buddy. You know, you helped me out a lot. Let me go on and keep doing these songs with yeah. Beyoncé and Cardi B. <laughs>
3: it's
2: like, nah, like, you know, at a, at some point, if it wasn't for us, you probably wouldn't even have a song with Beyoncé.
1: Yeah.
2: So, you know, I, I kind of understand. I, I, I definitely understand it from that point. But, yeah, I just don't get when artists try to put the fans in there, too, to, you know, stick up for them. It's like, we don't
1: really exactly
2: you know we don't really care about that
1: the label, like it's all the the artists are always gonna until the artists rise up themselves and make their own shit they're always going to be fucked by the major labels yeah, you know it's no it's happened it. since the beginning of labels yeah and it will never stop the, the be- so yeah
2: the best way to do it is actually be independent and a lot yes. of people don't like that because is more work on you. You kind of, you know, we we seen Fat Tony. Fat Tony is on mm-hmm. an independent label,
1: yeah.
2: and when I, uh, me and Jasmine went to a show, and he was actually out there by the merch, by the merch table, he mm-hmm. actually carried some boxes of merch inside. Like yep. he had to set everything up. Like that's that's part of the that's part of the business. If you want to be mm-hmm. independent, you got to do more shit like that. A lot of artists look, um, you know, kind of hype their nose up at it, but it's like, bro, like this is all this shit. He's, he's actually paying for this shit. He's paying mm-hmm. for the, uh, the merch he wants. So it's not a label doing everything. You're not sitting at a big ass table and saying, Hey, I want hats. I want this. I want that. And they get it done. He actually got to come out of his pocket to do that. So if you want, if you want all of your money, <laughs> you gotta, you know, do stuff like that.
1: So we'll see how things go. I think I I will admit this is probably a better seat for Kanye than being president. No, definitely is a better seat for Kanye than trying to be president. He needs to stay his ass out of real issues that affect real people Mm -hmm. and just fight for his artists, man. Like, you know, hit Boy is coming around to his corner again after they have some beef. Mm -hmm. So like just just fight this fight, man, and, and fight it however you can but just keep real problems out of it. Don't talk nothing about racism no more. Don't talk nothing about politics no more. Do this and you'll be more respected than what you've been doing.
2: A lot of the artists already respected Kanye for just the work he did, period. Yeah. So if you're, if he out there fighting for masters and fighting for um, musical rights, they, they stand by Kanye. Yeah. They already thought he was a genius. (laughs) <laughs>
1: so, yeah so they would stand by on with this and this makes a better mix for like look you have kim kardashian trying to get black men out of prison and you have kanye trying to get black men out of shitty record label contracts so yeah. hey two freedom fighters man look it's so <laughs> cute yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they he could do whatever he wants. Just, just stay out of the real. Just stay out of drop the press just drop the presidential shit immediately. Just let yeah. that go, man, because that's already been ruined.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Say
4: baby, you know hey. what you Hey and yes, I'm gonna hey. Cuz I ain't never had someone like you like you and i And I just want to get
2: next to you Oh girl you mine and stand joy Now This is probably I'm not saying this because you my guy But, but this is probably easy. one of my This is probably my and favorite song from you
1: Oh wow. This shit <laughs> hard, man. Yeah. This shit hard, dog. Thanks, y'all. The production sounds like a movie, man. It's so, F- so grandiose. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was the goal. It was crazy. I can tell by the way you crazy. Who made this? Yep. Beat? Nice.
4: It's my homie, Nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's out of England.
1: Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Man, he got some connections. All right. <laughs> wow, Mike. That shit hard, man. <laughs> This could have led on BET back in the day, man. Shit, Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks so
3: much, y'all.
1: Yeah. Mm. Of course, this is a, uh, the, the, the beautiful sounds of our great friend who's joining us again. Special guest, uh, coming back to us after a, a long absence, honestly, because of all these coronavirus type things going on. Yeah. Man. This man <laughs> has worked with us for years and years. He's also a very talented artist who has a new song out so make sure y'all check that out as well our great friend Leroy Cook joins us again so Leroy welcome back. what's up, back.
2: What up?
1: <laughs> what's up <laughs> we, we so missed that here. laugh in the office <laughs> like, we missed that laugh in the office dog. it ain't it ain't hit the same right since you they, they
4: <laughs> I, I miss the people
1: I miss y'all I miss
2: y'all
1: <laughs> so man good, good. Good to have you back, man. Uh First off, man, we got to lead up with a welfare check, dog. We know th- this year has been fucking, this has been crazy for everybody. Yeah. Um, a lot of us going through different things. So how have you been holding up, man? How have you been doing mentally, spiritually, things like that? How, how have you been doing these last few months? I've been good this last few months. It's been a
4: wake-up call. I think I've learned a lot about myself this year. Because um, when once you kind of step away from people, step away from your normal lifestyle, you focus on the important things, which is yourself, your goals, what actually makes you feel happy and what we take for granted. You know what I'm saying? We take it for granted our people that we truly love and stuff like that. And you recognize and you see people that maybe that you thought cared for you really don't, you know what I'm saying? So it kind of is on both sides of the fence this year, really opened my eyes to a lot and I've grown so much. And even though, And um, it's been a kind of stressful year, a hard year. I thank God for the year because I know I wouldn't have grown and been the artist or could talk about different music and new music that I'm creating right now. If I didn't experience this, if I didn't experience the losses and didn't experience the the tears and different things like that and like the hard days, you know what I'm saying? So it's just I'm grateful for this year. Really am.
1: That's good. You have that perspective, man, because I agree. Yeah. I think we're going to look back like years from now. Yes. And this was a very, very transformative year for yes. all of us, man, because yes. we can all take a step back. We can all learn what's really important. Uh-huh. And some, you need that, man. It, uh, and usually those things come under unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. But that's where the real growth happens. So mm-hmm. and you, it's you can good see you have the perspective. And you can see this year, a lot
4: of, like, if we were, imagine if we were still busy doing our normal day lives and stuff like that, a lot of things that have been happening on the news and the things with, like, the killings and stuff like that, nobody would have, they would have kind of swept it under the rug yep. immediately. we wouldn't still be talking about it. Change wouldn't have been implemented and different things like that because nobody really would have been hurt. Mm-hmm. So now, since you have to listen, <laughs> you're home, you're, you know what I'm saying, you have to focus, you have to, it's just like, people are thinking, we have to make this change, and it seems like Maybe God made this happen on purpose for us to wake up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You never know. I always think about it like that.
1: I feel you, man. You're right. And that's part of the reason why I was originally against sports coming back. But now I'm a hypocrite because I'd be watching a lot of sports, man. I was watching NFL Sunday. I'd be watching the NBA playoffs. I'm a fucking hypocrite, man. i will be watching sports all day now. I'm fully distracted, but it is what it is. <laughs> But at sports, right. I'm glad sports back. I'm glad sports is back for real. Yeah, we, we need it. We need something. We right needed it now, man. Yeah. Man. Shoot, man. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your artistic journey this well, as well, too, man. I, I, I'll admit when you told me you recorded music, like I was surprised, but I knew you were a talented dude. But some people, when, when they tell you, Oh, I make music, <laughs> you're like, okay, you know, all right, it's some bullshit. <laughs> Fruity Loops beat you got off a pirated copy. You no. just made some sound and made a little home studio with some cheap ass microphone. No, but you're a legit artist, man. You're a legit artist. You make fully sound like you. You heard the the thing we bumped in with, man. Like you make you make real music. You don't be out Thank here you. bullshitting. So, how how did you get started on this journey, and and how how do you see it? Like, how how have you kind of progressed? While, while managing everything, while working with us, while doing all the other obligations as well? um, It's a fire in me, man. That's my passion. That's what,
4: when I wake up and I've, you may laugh, but on Sister Act, it was a famous quote that they said, when you wake up and when you go to bed at night, what's the first thing you think about and the last thing you think about? And that's what you're supposed to be. Me, for me, is singing, is music. So even though I have my job, even though I have different things that I'm affiliated with and doing, mm-hmm music is what keeps me going. It's the one thing that makes me happy, makes me sad, gets me over, you know what I'm saying? Blocks out any frustrations. It's my getaway. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's a, it's been a journey. I've been singing all my life since three grew up in the church. Um, my first solo was, um, um, eyes on the sparrow and I've been playing drums too all my life. And, so that's what the production side came in um, That's why I'm focused on real music And real production, real sounds That's what excites me Growing up, I grew up in the 90s and the early 1000s So music and R&B especially Was so powerful When you heard a soundtrack You focused on a music that The soundtrack would bump Because there would be songs that actually Like are placed on purpose For that scene To make that scene come to life So you felt it in the movie you know what I'm saying? Like, set it off. You felt I'm missing you at the end of the movie yeah. when they're crying. You know what I'm saying? Waiting to excel. You felt that soundtrack. Boomerang. You felt that soundtrack. You know what I'm saying? Different things like that. And it's like, I said, I wanted to do that. I wanted to um, give people a feeling. Give people um, an escape from life. Especially like this year. And so if you listen to my music, and I try to make this a big thing about when you listen to Leroy Cook, I want you to have a feeling. I want it to be long lasting. I don't want it to be no microwaveable music where which is that's hot and stuff like that to go with the trends and different things like that. But I want something that's gonna be long lasting decades. And we always see like the versus battles that we see
3: mm-hmm.
4: that's been this real big this year. Look at their catalog, y'all. Yeah. Those artists have years of music, decades of music, forty years, fifty years. Like you look at the last one, those Gladys and um Patty LaBelle. Mm-hmm. I respect them so much. And I wanted to be, I want to be like that. So ever since a child, I've been working on that. I've been, when I was growing up, I was in school. I was in the band, marching band. Um, I was never in choirs at school, but I was in the marching band. Um, I was student body president, um, class president at my high school. Mm-hmm. Um, in middle school, I used to be in this group called the Fourth and Boys Choir of America. And we used to tour around the world, um, overseas. And that's my first time actually seeing the world. And we sung for President Bush. I got to meet President Bush. Oh, wow. Um, and it's just different things like that um, that I don't take for granted. And I said, growing up as an artist, when I go solo, when I do this, I want to go back now as an adult and appreciate what I've seen already and different things like that. And I've seen Italy. I've seen Canada and different things like that. But as a child, you look at stuff different. You just kind of capture the moment. Oh, this is cool we're overseas, we're singing, we're doing this. And our schedule was real hectic. We would have concerts every day, two or three, travel, go to the next city, because it would only be like a two-week tour overseas. So we had to like go like everything. So learning that, it put a rhythm in me that I know I had to do this. You have to stay focused. It's going to be hard days. It's going to be days you want to give up, but you got to keep going. And with my music, I've been on this journey for years, like Recording as a solo artist, I've been recording I want to say ten years. So it's not an overnight thing and people yeah. might think that it is. Because you see people make it. And um just like one of my um, old friends, Lizzo, Melissa Jefferson is what we know her as um yeah. growing up in on um, the SWAT, A Texas. <laughs> Shout out to Lizzo. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> okay. So Ryan we were all in Lizzo, school together. We by the way. Yeah, we were all, we were all, all, all real close, real, um, and A-Leaf, everybody's a family. And if you come to A-Leaf, you go to school there, you know, everybody, we're all a family. So mm-hmm. it's just like that. We've seen the struggle and everything like that. So her journey was been a journey. You know what I'm saying? It didn't happen overnight. So it's just like, it took years, sacrifice and everything like that. So people got to understand, even like Toby, he's another mm-hmm. artist that's coming out of, um, A-Leaf. Um, it's just everybody has a journey. Everybody has a story. What's going to push you over the edge, what's going to keep you going is what's going to basically open those doors to what you really want to see. And my purpose is I want to bring light and make good music that's lasting, touch people's lives, give, a pe- give people a, a reason to smile. And that's what keeps me going when I write and when I'm just in the studio. That's what I think about.
1: Hmm, that's dope. It really is, man, and that's why I like talking to Leroy, man, because me personally, like, I'm kind of a a negative, pessimistic person at times, a lot of times, honestly, but sometimes you hear artists say some things like that, and it's like, you could tell they're just kind of BS and saying, well, I just want to give light and love to everybody and things like that, but Leroy actually means it, man, like, he's actually a solid, good dude who really, really, like, you could tell is genuine with him, so... Yes. that's why people like you and they're attracted to you man because you bring that light to people's lives so just in case you didn't know that just let me you know
4: appreciate that and it and it comes from bro it really comes from
1: being hurt myself being down myself
4: you know what i'm saying yeah. i don't have all good days i'm not always happy but what brought me out of different things was listening to a certain song so i know if that song or that person had that effect on me like i look up to everybody knows me they know i love janet jackson Mm-hmm. They know, I love um, Michael Jackson. Um, I respect Beyonce, different things like that. But it's just like with the Jacksons and stuff. It's just you don't understand the power in their music that they had. Yeah. And like when they touch the stage, it just lit up the room. I can sit at home at night, like when I have like hard days, not being at work every day and stuff like that to be around. I can go in to study their concerts and be inspired, and this it just lights up my life, and it's just like, I want to do that. I want to have that effect on people that's under me, you know what I'm saying? Because I've been down, I've been hurt, and I know how powerful music is, so it's a powerful thing so we can't mistreat it and put out trash, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just to be in a trend, you know what I'm saying? We have this power, we need to really use it, you know what I'm saying? Back in the day, James Brown, they talked about, when they were going through, I'm black and I'm proud. They put out songs mm-hmm. like that. Respect. Um, Aretha Franklin put out respect. Different things like that. Um, what's going on, Marvin Gaye. Everybody basically had. they were talking about what was going on in that era, and they got over it. You know what I'm saying? Michael Jackson and um, um, the We Are the World and stuff like that. Um, Count on Me, um, Whitney Houston, CeCe Winans, different things like that. It's like songs like that get you through. Yeah. And that's what we kind of need in this world right now, because I think we're lacking in that department when it comes to music and love. And I feel that if you're going to contribute to music, I feel, and this is just basically just me and my opinion, um, we need to inspire the folks and yeah. uplift these people out of this funk. Because a lot of people are depressed this year. A lot of people are hurting. A lot of people lost jobs. A lot of people lost everything that was real and sincere and good to them. And they need something to help them go on. Everybody doesn't have a relationship with God, but everybody loves music. Music's universal, no yeah. matter what language or what everybody's speaks, you know what I'm saying? They can get the feeling within it, you know what I'm saying? So it's just a powerful, we got to basically use that as a power shift to base scope this next 10 or 20 years as a coming. So, yeah,
2: yeah. that's dope, man. Uh Early. I want to get back to something you said earlier. You mentioned how um some of the artists gave you like an escape, like some of their music yeah. gave you like an escape. Uh, what are some of the artists that gave you that escape? I know you like Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Who are some of them? Janet
3: artists?
4: Uh Janet Jackson, Michael, of course. Um Kirk Franklin. I'm a big gospel head. Um Fred Hammond. Um I sing at church too, so I'm over my young adults at the church too at McGee Chapel Missionary Baptist Church and it's just inspiring me to keep going when I listen to gospel music, I'm a big gospel head. So Yolanda Adams, I respect her. She's another Houston native and, um, it's just different people. Um, even songs like you might laugh, but, um, Madonna, take a bow. Um, uh, baby face. Mm. Mm-hmm. Tony Braxton, all those old heads and stuff like that. It was just like, it was just some seasoning in that food, in that, um, in that, those songs that just basically just help you escape. Yeah, I can just go and just drive around the city, have nothing to do that day, but drive around the city and just listen bump music all day. That could be my escape for the day when I'm going through. I just want to drive and just listen to music. So it's, it's a way for I can just basically, if I'm going through something, I, I can turn on and I can just, have an outer body experience right there. It's like my my yoga. You get what I'm saying? That's mine. So.
1: I feel you, man. And I'm actually glad you brought up Madonna because I feel like people be sleeping on her these days. Yeah, they
3: do. I, they I, saw,
1: do. I saw a tweet. <laughs> I saw a tweet that said, who got the most hits between her and Mariah Carey? And somebody went viral. And I love Mariah Carey. I'm a Mariah Carey fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Madonna was like, people don't understand how. Big she was and She how was on she another level. Man. Dog. For years, y'all. For- y'all understand. Every decade she had yes. something big.
4: And she changed. She back in the day, like in the 80s, I was watching like her um driven or um driven. It was not unsung because she's not black, but it's her um <laughs> her driven, <laughs> her driven um, um VH1 they used to do back in the day, like those little documentary, like behind the music and stuff like that. And you can tell when she first came out, people don't understand the power she had. Mm-hmm she changed everybody's dress, how people yes. were dressing, how they looked, and that's why I say that's the power of the music video, and that's the power of the artist, because what they see, people are going to emulate. You know what I'm saying? What yeah. you put out there, and it's just like she has some hits, so it makes yeah. you cry, makes you dance. It's just, it's Madonna, you have to respect yeah. her. You know, showmanship just topped it off right there. You know what I'm saying? So, her yeah. and Janet, they're, they're, they're like on that level, because Janet's still putting out, and she yeah. had You can argue me all day on Janet, I'll I'll vouch for that girl. (laughs) (laughs) She's a beast. She's a beast. So
2: she um I don't wanna compare Madonna to this person because I feel Uh like this person pretty much did uh whatever Madonna did, but she's she was like that Lady Gaga back in the day. Yeah. She was that polarizing artist where it's like, uh oh, like Madonna, she's she's performing tonight. So Uh let's see what she got up her sleeve. She, uh-huh, was, uh-huh. she
4: was to me, so she was they both they both did movies too yeah yep. she
2: she was literally uh what lady gaga was trying to be uh-huh 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 Madonna.
4: Like, like
0: to, yeah
4: go ahead i know lady Lady gaga doesn't like to compare herself to madonna i know she always shoes that away and stuff like that but you have to that's basically
0: yeah
4: our generation's madonna yeah I
2: feel. she she i mean she pretty much used the whole blueprint because uh-huh. even uh-huh. some of the music, she got some of the music that kind of, um, did what Madonna did already. But uh-huh. it was just, uh-huh. you know, it was just modern, I guess. But, yes. You know, yes. Like she, she had pretty much had that same rollout.
0: <laughs> and
4: look at, um, Lady Gaga when she came in, her first big hit was just dance. Madonna's first big hit, I think was like, everybody come on and dance with me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Back, so it's just like, come on. It's like the same kind of. Yeah like you just said the like she was following her footsteps and stuff like yeah. that so i i see what you're saying and, that's and real. lady
2: gaga killed it i I think she killed i think, she, I think she a legend but um yeah. like i said that started with madonna man like who did that uh-huh. before madonna <laughs> what what yeah. female you know <laughs> did that before madonna
4: <laughs> exactly and that's why we got to respect our females too because they have a lot of power yeah, to influence think, they got yeah, the power th- and
2: influence yeah i think a lot of people kind of shit on her now because of the goofy stuff she's been doing <laughs> mm-hmm. they don't they they really don't know the impact she had back in the um early 80s and stuff like that they just look at yeah the, they just look at her you know giving a tribute to aretha franklin or i think it was aretha yeah franklin. yeah they look at that stuff and you know try to say she you know she wasn't all that but nah. and
4: madonna really doesn't have to prove herself anymore yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I know Madonna just tries to like hang in with the times and stuff, but she don't even have to prove herself anymore. Cause she already got that. You know what I'm saying? Look at Tina when, um, Tina Turner was still going, you know what I'm saying? And tour and stuff like that. People still respect her. You know, she, she's like 70 something right now, right? Tina Turner's up there, right? With, yeah. She um, might there. be
2: older than that. She's up there. <laughs> yeah. She might
4: be. <laughs> yeah. I think she's older than that now, but, um, cause she's been 70 for a while, but I think she, um, <laughs> yeah, she's, um, she's older than that. But she's a legend. She still sell out stadiums. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got to look at that. Patty's still singing. Gladys still singing and stuff like that. But I know Madonna still wants to have that age. Yeah.
3: Tina so. Turner
1: actually 80 years old, which is great. wow, yeah. yeah, wow. But yeah, that what happened to Madonna is the curse of living too long. Honestly, sadly, because I guarantee you, if Madonna died in like 2007 or 2009, went around Michael did. Like they would talk about her in that same breath, like Michael and yeah, 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 yeah. But since yeah. she's still alive, we see all the corny shit she be doing sometimes on IG, and now <laughs> it's like you discount their entire career in history because of what you see now. Yeah, she yeah, wasn't around. Same thing with Prince, man. People, Prince is one of the best of all time. He People is did not give him that type of love until after he died, man. After he died, and that so makes so the me real, that real makes ones did. The real ones did. Like I know you did being a, a huge in music like that too but a mm-hmm. lot of these people did not give Prince that kind of love when he was here so it was sad uh-huh. thing, but, it's sad it's sad yeah, yeah. I, 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 oh go ahead go, go ahead, ahead. I, I was gonna bring up one thing man because <laughs> I did notice because me and me and Leroy used to have these long music debates long <laughs> and you did I, I noticed there was one name you did not mention in your inspirations and this is the name we had beef about low-key back in the day who? Because Beyonce.
4: I didn't I mentioned her and I respect her and I love her. Yeah. That's one of my that's that's one of my inspirations. Yeah. I know what you're about to get at. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know what you're about to get for, at. For
1: context, we had a debate because there was a big discussion back in the day, and it's still kinda ongoing, I guess, about who was bigger, Beyonce or Michael Jackson. And if Beyonce is the Michael Jackson of this era and so on and so forth, I don't think Beyonce is as big as Michael Jackson was. I don't think she... And that's not just saying it because of Michael Jackson's dead now. Like, I don't see the same energy for Beyonce, even though she she is the top as far as, you know, artists these days, but... Yeah, yeah. The energy ain't the same as when Michael was on stage, man. It's just... I you know. think... I think...
3: this <laughs> <yeah. laughs> <It's laughs> touching,
1: but I think... <laughs> I think
4: as an impact, I think she's as powerful mm-hmm. because world the world does stop when she does put out something, when she is talked about, when she walks into a room, all the artists rise, all the artists respect her at the award shows. She got top honors and different things like that. Um, musically, I would like her to push herself a little bit more. yeah I think she, um, Michael had music that really had substance. And it's really um talked about different things and changing the world and about love and different things like that beyonce does has that too, and a lot of that was in her early work but recently a lot of stuff has been like kind of trendy and I feel an artist like her she doesn't need to do that and I was proud of her for Blackest King because mm-hmm. black Blackest King is a, I don't know if y'all have seen that but it was a beautiful movie and it depicted us so well. It showed all shades of black and how powerful y'all, how beautiful we are, how um nobody can talk down on us and that we all are kings. You know what I'm saying? And queens. And it's basically, she used her power for good. And that's the thing and a trait that Michael did for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I, and a level, she's the only one that's really doing it right now. Mm-hmm. So, for your argument, <laughs> she I feel she's still the only one right now that has that power and that influence and stuff like that. And I feel with that with that title, it does come a lot of responsibility. You're right. And she still has years to be a legend and be an yeah. icon. You know what I'm saying? To get to that point. Because, you know, Michael's been performing since he was a child. Mm-hmm. And was a star since he was a child. Uh, like a kid, kid. So Michael was already there. And then when he got older, like during the, like, I think his first tour was the Bad Tour. And yeah. then, um so it's just like, that's when he just was crazy, like, that was, like, like everybody knew who Michael, everybody loved Michael, so it's just, he had a lot of years, and Beyonce's still going, I feel like in another 10 years, I think you'll, your opinion's gonna change, I think she's gonna prove herself.
1: It's possible, man, and I do agree, it, I do agree, she's probably the closest we have right now to a Michael, but when people say her and Michael in the same, I'm like, wait, hold on, man. Michael got yeah. class. I get what you're saying. My I argument is you. that she has no true class she has no thriller in her catalog yet. Not yet. She could she could make one, but she just don't have that classic album that's gonna survive generations from now, like Michael does. So Yeah. I get what you're saying. I ain't gonna I lie, saying. man.
2: I, I feel like she probably won't ever have a thriller, man. Because I think, I, I think she's at this point where you know whatever she throw out, people are gonna say it's a classic anyway. I don't think she, I don't think she had that hunger she did back in the day like that, and that's kind of natural with every artist. Like I don't, it could be Jay Z. He's not gonna give you a reasonable doubt type of album because that album, yeah. because everything he went through while making that album, he's not really going through that right now. And Beyonce's in a different space right now so I don't and that's see, real yeah I don't see and, and this it's no not because uh, who do got got a thriller type of album so yeah. you know it's it's no that's not that's true it's that's true yeah it's no not to it but if you just look at that thriller album and uh we talked about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and we mentioned I think it's like nine songs on there and we mentioned how seven of them was <laughs> down there number one songs yeah and Janet I, did that
4: same thing yeah, Janet yeah. did that with Rhythm Nation though
2: yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And honestly and honestly I listened to that Thriller album and every single song on there was hard. Like it was yeah. every single song on there was a hit song. Even the songs uh-huh. that really didn't make it like that. The, uh-huh. the weakest song probably was the one with Paul McCartney. <laughs> and, yeah. that a, and that was a that was a great <laughs>
1: that was a great song. No, it is. <laughs> and that's my. <what>
3: <laughs>
2: so I yeah, so when people talk about, you know, Beyonce <laughs> rather than Michael Jackson, It's like, nah, like she got at least had the music too. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not all about straight up performance. Like what's her thriller where, you know, you can play it no matter what. And people like, damn, I remember this. Damn, I remember that.
4: I I agree with you on that. I feel she still has to prove herself. I feel that she's, but I feel like she's the one that can really do that if she chooses to. Yeah. And my thing is back in the day, all those artists we named, they took breaks in between albums. They -hmm. lived life. That's why I appreciate people like Adele because mm-hmm. Adele will take a good break and come back swinging and she'll come back and she'll talk about what she's going through. You know what I'm saying? And stuff yeah. like that. And people sleep on that, but that's why people like, they're still buying her albums. You know what I'm saying? We talk about people not selling albums anymore. Adele's selling. Yeah. You'll buy her album because you know, she's going to talk about it. And it's going to be some like some good substance on that album. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Beyonce sells too and stuff like that, but I feel like she, she doesn't have to rap sing. She doesn't have to do all this other things to fit in because she's a singer. When she was in Destiny's Child, she sang, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, that's what I miss about her. And I love Beyonce and stuff like that. So I feel like on this next project, I hope that she goes back to her singing and basically talking about um substance, because they had some good songs, like with Destiny's Child, for sure, that are classics, I feel. And it's just like, she has the power I feel to do that and a lot of people now I can't really just say and I love music I listen to it every day even all the new artists new school and stuff like that and I know y'all talk about that a lot um, the new school and stuff but it's just everybody has to focus on not just what's trendy yeah and talk about the same money cars hoes you know what I'm saying Mm. talk about something else you know
1: what I'm saying (laughs) I, I think about that a lot, man, because I think about how R and B changed over the years. It's changed. How man. it's changed. It basically changed. became rap after a certain point. Yes. And it, it, at midnight. Yeah, and <laughs> it's tough because, like, some some of our favorite artists and some of our favorite songs are to blame for that shift, you know. In the nineties, yeah. a lot of R and B, like every R and B song, had to have a rap verse on it for some reason. Yeah. Back in yeah. the day, to and make it. was just. Yeah like completely merged together to where it's hard to find. Like the music you make is, is sadly rare, you know, songs about love, songs about, you know, like the pure songs, man. We don't get too much of that no more. We get a lot of the, the raw, vulgar shit that, you know, I ain't against it. Like I bumped that shit too. But I also feel like you got to have a nice mix. And it's hard, like you said, people trend trend chasing and following trends. So it's tough, man. I think back then we had balance of both.
4: Yeah. Now it's oversaturated with trendy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just like, we need a balance. And that needs to be popular. You know what I'm saying? What was popular back then, what was in our face and stuff, when we listened to the radio, you can listen to the radio. People used to make mixtapes with their radio station. Yeah. Like, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, when <laughs> the countdown, and they would just play them back to back. You would like put your tape in and like just record that whole put the, set that they put play. The tape you don't say anything about that. And be mad when they talking between the songs. Be mad when
2: you <laughs>
3: put it early,
1: yeah. Yes,
2: yes. 97 <laughs> nine, the box. Welcome in. And you're like, oh shit, let me hit stop. Stop oh, talking. Man. Stop sirens.
4: Stop
3: the sirens. <laughs> Oh, so
4: it's just like it's it's back then radio gave you that what was popular was substance and it was like different. Yeah, they had the trendy stuff, but they also had something they like backdoored with some good Tony Braxton or they backdoored with some good, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like some good hits and stuff like that. So it's like, how do we get back to that? Or do you think that we can't get back to that? Do you think, I feel this year is basically waking up a lot of people to mm-hmm. what we need with the verses and everything like that. Cause they're bringing all that to life. And it's just like I feel artists with this break, since nobody's performing right now, nobody's on tour. Everybody's kind of grinding right now in their own, in, in their bubble, writing and in their own living life, and like actually spending time with their families and stuff for the first time, and being slowed down. Hopefully, this is a shift that brings music back to a, a better place.
0: Because
4: mm-hmm. I hear stuff this year that's coming out, and it sounds a little. They have like some some jams, you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, yeah. You can
4: yeah, tell I, the difference.
2: I think, yeah, I think. Honestly, man, I think R&B is in a better place than it was before.
4: Oh, yes. As far yes, as like
2: 2012-ish. Yes.
3: But, oh um,
2: yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's a record label thing. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I think it's a record label thing where they want these artists to make these certain type of songs, the, um, the Bryson Tiller type of songs. But yeah. you do have some, uh, people like some Snow Allegra, some, you know, people that actually make some real smooth music. Uh, mm-hmm, so you know, you mm-hmm. got her. And uh-huh. I, I, I think it's out there. I think it just takes somebody like a, um, like a Beyonce to, you know, do a full album like that. Or, you know, you, you got, change the wave. You, you, yes. You got somebody like Solange. Man, this was my theory, uh, probably like a year or two ago. I, uh-huh. I, I thought Beyonce's next album will probably be more like Solange, where it's kind of more barefoot, more, you know, real music. RT. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, no uh-huh. 808s, no rap singing. I, uh-huh. I figured she'll probably go that route because I feel like that's where R&B is taking off right now.
4: Uh huh. And she can do it, and it could change the whole scope of music because she has the power. Remember when she put out the first album, um, Beyonce? was well, the first album that they didn't announce um, promo or anything like that, and yeah. that just came out and it changed, the shifted everything. Yeah. She did that. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. was an impact that she did. Now people are that she actually changed the day of release. You know what I'm saying? Because we didn't always release stuff on Friday. I thought Mm -hmm. Tuesday was the old day, you know what I'm saying, to release um, Mm -hmm. projects and stuff. So, she changed and shifted all that. And her album, that was real trappy. It had a lot of 808s. It had a lot of, you know what I'm saying, in the R&B. And she was kind of rap singing on that song, on the different songs, you know what I'm saying? Like, No Angel and all this stuff like that. And Drunken Love and different things like that. So, with the cadence and stuff, like the triplets and stuff, she was bringing all that that sound. Then... And I think that's when a shift kind of changed right there. Yeah. That, but that, she did that.
2: Yeah. That's the other thing I kind of have a problem with, with R&B. It's too vulgar, man. Like I don't want to hear all that cussing in my, <laughs> in my R&B. And I felt like you wanna, that's, that's okay. what it is you, now. So when you, yeah. listen, when you listen to all these verses with the R&B artists, it's not really that much cussing.
4: Like, you didn't have to do all that. Yeah. Like,
2: like people felt like, uh, Adina Howard was vulgar. You know what I mean? Yeah, well she was yes, during that yes, during yes. that time she was, but I <laughs> would take that any time over the stuff now because now it's like you can't <laughs> ever, you can't even play it at a cookout because it's is too you much can. awesome.
4: <laughs> You can't. I think we left back in the day R and B left a lot of things to the imagination. Mm, and you in yeah. and, and my thing is anything like even like risque songs like listen to Janet Jackson Anytime, Anyplace. Yeah. That song was kind of Risque at the time because yeah. yeah. of the beat and different things like that, but she still was subtle with it. She left yeah. it to your imagination to think what you want to think.
1: You know what I'm saying? It wasn't or, like yeah, like face. a legit orgasm on the track. So yeah. I don't know about that. It wasn't a whole lot left to that imagination, but I feel what you mean. Man. Yeah, that's or- like commonplace now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or or even
3: look
2: at, look at somebody like D'Angelo,
3: the, um,
1: Brown Sugar. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Like a lot of people be like, oh, you know, he was talking about heroin, or you know, he's talking about drugs, but you would yeah. never know that. Like it's kind of yeah. like up to your imagination. He masked it. Yeah, he masked it. Yeah, took it how you went.
4: Yeah. that's what made you kept listening.
2: Yeah, and it's like you could like, like honestly, it could be about drugs, but yeah. I mean, he could tell you anything at that point. He could say, uh-huh. how it wasn't," but you know, it's it could, a it it's could. a legit good song. It's not dirty. <laughs> Uh uh-huh. you know, it's a it's uh-huh. a legit R and song. But uh-huh. we just don't get that type of stuff now. It's just straight to the point. It's, In your it's,
3: face. It's,
2: you it's <laughs> all about it's all about cheating. It's all about taking your girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember we used to beg for um people loves. Now it's like man, be,
4: Yeah, like I a take lot A lot of R and B don't they don't now. even talk about they don't even talk about relationships with the girl no more. They don't describe mm-hmm. the, you know what I'm saying? I'd be listening to I'm like who are you talking about? Who are you <laughs> like? Like, what are you? Um, you're talking about yourself and different things like that. And people want to. And I think that's what the power that we have over telling these girls, like these young women coming up, their beauty. Yeah. And that's why I um I make songs like that, like "Knockout." She's beautiful. I saw her walking the other day. You know what I'm saying? It's like you would hear that, and I would hear raising that, like if you even on Chris Brown, Yo, and stuff like that. I would hear that from him and different things like that, Joe, um, Mm -hmm. Tank, Tyrese, Mm -hmm. Jamie Foxx, you know what I'm saying? Those old heads, um, that, um, I respect that talked about love talked about what was cool music. Soul child, you know what I'm saying? He laid it out to you. Teach me how to love, (laughs)
3: you know
4: what I'm saying? It's just like he basically had songs that basically were about, um, relationships and what, how we can get through life together and the tools I've been hurt but this is what I'm going to do now. You know what I'm saying? Different things yeah. like that. And it's not all about, I got money, I got holes, I got this, I got that. Yeah. And that's what I feel like the generation now is losing and lacking because they're not getting that, they're not getting peeped on, on game, how to yeah. talk to people, how to actually go on dates, how to actually approach, you know what I'm saying? A female and different things like that. You don't get that no more when you listen to, you know what I'm saying? The radio. You don't know what to do. We just hide it behind the screens and IG yeah. and stuff like that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a whole different wave now. And I feel we need to go back to change that. It's okay yeah. to mix that in a little bit.
2: Yeah. So. That's, that's why I appreciate about your music too, man. Because when you listen to your music, it's like you chasing for this girl. You see this girl you want and you begging for mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. you know, honestly, man, there ain't nothing wrong with begging for a girl you want. <laughs> like people, people make it like it's too, it's too whack to do that. It's like, man, no, it's a, it's a love song. You, you know, it's never whack to love, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) Now, yeah, now it's like I'm I'm taking your bitch, or your bitch want me. It's just like, yeah, yeah, that's too rough to, you know, make love to. I mean, (laughs) or I'm paying this, I'm paying your bitch rent and all this other stuff. It's like, so that's why I appreciate about your music, man. Like I, I I can tell you are really, you know, into the 90s, into the 80s type of R&B because. During those times they was begging for your love. You know, uh-huh. That's the type of music you put up.
1: Yeah man and that's like like Biggie said that's why we respect your music man you restoring the feeling. Like Jay said <laughs> so that. we appreciate that we we love your music. So tell us a little bit about this newest single you released man. You released it 2 days ago it's called yeah. Knockout. So tell us Knockout. a little bit about this song man. Tell us why, why tell the people why they should stream it immediately. This song is going to give you a feeling like no other. It talks about love. It talks
4: about the beauty of a woman. And for the ladies, it talks about your power. Um, You're beautiful. Don't let everybody or anybody tell you nothing different than that. And um, I know you might not hear it a lot. And I know maybe it starts at home. But I want you to have this song to escape to. I always talk about escaping and different things like that. I want you to feel good about yourself. Um, for the dudes, this song is just a feel-good song that you can ride around in your car, um, just lay back, play it outside of the park, play it um, when you're getting ready to go to the party, and it's just like, a um, or on the way home. You know what I'm saying? It's just that song that's going to make you feel good. And Knockout basically talks about this incredible woman that you see and that you want to spend the rest of your life with and basically get to know. And um, it's a story. And when I make the video, we're about to work on um, the um, music video to bring it to life. In my music videos, I'm real big on telling the story of the song because I feel people can interpret, like we said, the song in different ways. But once you give them an image of this is what was in your mind, they can be like, oh, I didn't even know this was about this. You know what I'm saying? So I want this movie to be, I mean, this music video to be like a movie, real cinematic. When I was, when we were working on this on me and my co-writers, um, I worked with, um, Anthony Terrell as well as Trent Wiley. Um, they worked on a, a lot of my stuff, my past, um, previous works and stuff like that. And still with some music that is coming out later on. Um, and I also work with Willie, um, Sal, um, Crisco. Um, a lot of these people from Prairie View. We all went to HBCU together. We grew up together. We all always talked about music and stuff like that. Um, my producer, I met him in 2012 online on facebook (laughs) oh wow and oh yes online on facebook i was just looking for beats and stuff like that and um went to this site and um was looking at beats i was like man this dude is crucial he's like crazy so i found him on facebook um um talked to him we um basically just became friends since then it's 2020 now 21 we're still working together and my thing is about people in england England, they have a love for R&B. They have a love mm-hmm. for the music. They have a love for, um, real singing. They have a love for feeling. So their beats and everything is I feel their music's kind of ahead of us. And I think they appreciate a lot of things more than what we take for granted here in the States. So working with him is a beautiful thing because I know my sounds not going to really sound like anything else coming out because it has that still that true to R&B, true to pop, true to real instrumentation and different things like that and i wanted to contribute that on knockout so when you hear it it sounds like a beginning of a movie or uh the climax of the movie when the build-up and everything's like that i love harmonies i love a good chorus line that you can learn and sing along with and i wanted to like when i heard the beat i was like i want to really just when i'm vocal arranging i really want to bring it to life so i was like let me Add those oohs, Let me add that harmony to s- hmm. keep it swell and like have it to swell up and like make you feel like you're getting sucked into the song. So it brings you by the time that first verse starts, you're like, damn, I need to know what he's trying to say. You know what I'm saying? Because you heard those oohs and stuff like that. It kind of sucks you in. It's kind of like the opening credits. And it's just like you look at the, um, what's the one where the, um, the opening credits where they have the world that goes around?
3: oh yeah um, oh universal
4: yeah universal yeah you hear yeah that, yeah how it, it builds up yeah you know, and by the end it's like real big and then it drops into the um the movie mm-hmm. that's how the effect i wanted to do for knockout and when i put the project out um um knockout would be the first song because it's gonna
1: basically start off the whole project okay uh, shoot That's yeah. a great, great sales pitch, man. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I like how you broke down the entire creative vision. That's no, that, that's yeah. really good to know, man. Yeah. People are interested in stories like that. So, and by the way,
2: I, by the way, I would love to have a cameo in this video this time, man. <laughs> yeah. Your videos be off the chain. I would love a cameo. You man. wanted a cameo? You keep
4: saying that you wanted a cameo. I know, man. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> get you open the door or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I would take that, man. I think my rapping days are done. <laughs>
1: No it's not. Use Piggy is a beast. Yo. Piggy can rap, man. Piggy can like, rap. Like for
3: real.
4: <laughs> he has a lot to say and my thing is he like he's quick with it. Mm-hmm. So never say you're done with that. That's we're your trying, that's your we're, gift. We're trying to get Piggy
1: back in the booth, man. I don't you know. know. For I'm, real. Man, man. I'm kinda feeling, feeling more Andre
2: three thousand ish.
1: Where I was just like, <laughs> Man, I'll do it a
2: little bit, but uh just catch me on a good day. I might put a verse out, one verse a year or something. but
4: it's still your passion though it's still your passion yeah
2: without a doubt yeah
4: yeah that's why I like y'all because y'all really respect music and y'all love it y'all are both music heads you know what I'm saying yeah even though um, y'all everybody's involved in like sports and different things like that y'all love sports and different things but music is your soul I know both of y'all and y'all appreciate all type of music so I want to thank y'all for giving me this platform all the time and respecting and actually Supporting me, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of yeah. people, we're coming up with this dream, and we're coming up with, um, and we don't get hurt, you know what I'm saying? Because we're mm-hmm. not like, I don't have a backing. I'm not signed. I'm all independent, so everything I do, I do it myself. When it comes to making the visuals, um, when it comes to um, the studio and stuff like that, and promoting and stuff, people get tired that I promote every day, but I'm going to promote every day. Yeah, I do what you got to <laughs> do, know man. <laughs> You'll see you'll see me post about something. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you never know who's gonna check your page, who's gonna look at at your song and like get touched that day and be like, I wanna see what else he has. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just like and I wanna um shout out my um incredible like my stylist, um Vicki. Um she's incredible. Um Robert Um Jordan um that does all my videos, my music videos, he brings them to life. And just y'all, my supporters, everybody. And it's just my family, and my parents. They raised me in good music. Mm-hmm. So that's all I had in, you know what I'm saying, out the womb. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate them for that because I feel it's how you're raised. It's how you portray things different like that and look at life. You know what I'm saying? So I just respect everything. I just want to know, I have a question for y'all though. How do y'all feel
1: about today's um, R&B and music? Today, I kind of feel the same way that Biggie feels about, you know, the... Uh, it's i'm not gonna say it's all bad um i do think there are some very good unheard of artists you know you got to do some digging to find some great r&b but it's still out there Mm -hmm. the music we talk about we miss is still being made you just gotta dig a little deeper you gotta go a little into the underground yeah that's true mainstream r&b i think is kind of completely falling off the wayside you know it's not like you said back in the day we had more of a mix we had the conscious stuff you had the music soul child and you had the more poppy rb yes. songs that would get played in the club things like that so uh-huh. it was definitely more of a balance back in the day to where now is completely like rap but like i like like we said man i'm I, I think it's getting better i think we do have artists now that are kind of pushing the old energy back into the forefront Mm -hmm, Mm so uh like ella may and people like that yes yes yeah so people
2: sleep on people sleep on her but she's
1: they do yeah
2: and i think um yeah and to be fair i think it's like that with all music like we can have this exact same conversation with rap like there's some good rappers out there but you know if you trying to find those good rappers the last place you want to look is probably the radio what, yeah. like with rap you got to dig deep and find those um those good rappers you can find some stuff that sound like the 90s 2000s and stuff like that
4: yeah 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 and i think it's coming back i feel like we said this year is going to be that change that we all needed i feel i feel 2021 is going to be incredible in different ways yeah. if we allow it to be you know what i'm saying
3: yeah. <laughs> if
4: we focus on what we can do not dwell in the past of what wasn't you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. what we lack this year we need to focus and move forward and that's mm-hmm. with everything and i feel like we all can win and i've i just want to encourage all the dreamers out there it's a hard it's hard to have a dream it's hard for people to understand what's in your mind and in your head and even with like y'all starting up this podcast um years ago y'all didn't know it would take you this far and that y'all um didn't know how the much power y'all have just with this podcast and giving people opportunities and a voice, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In the community. But y'all did it and y'all stuck with it. You know what I'm saying? Y'all didn't give up. So with dreamers out there, people are going to tell you you can't do nothing. People yeah. going to tell you that you are not good enough. People are going to compare and contrast you with your walk and your how long you're taking and different things like that. Don't get that in your head. Block that out. Escape into your work. Escape into your craft and escape into your worth because you're powerful. God didn't place you on here. On this earth, was that dream to fail? So it's just anybody out there that needs like to hear that. I want you to know because I didn't always hear that. So I wanted to pour it into y'all. Don't give up. And even if it you don't make it next year or next month or this song doesn't pop off, that doesn't mean stop and quit. That means just keep going, explore something else. Because what one song, some people might. Catch on to something that you did years ago Mm. that people didn't even appreciate then, but now this might be God's timing, not yours. You know what I'm saying? So put it out and see what people do. People see what God can do. You know what I'm saying? Nobody can place you and open that door. He's the only one that can. So it's just I have to think about that myself. So as I'm talking to y'all, I'm talking to myself. So it's just you gotta we all gotta keep going. We can't stop because we're inspiring somebody, I feel.
2: Yeah, appreciate I the words it. man
1: <laughs> it, it really is it, and it's true man and it's like we said because I know you go through this too like the closest people to you will be the Close ones who, mm-hmm. be, who play you the most basically mm-hmm. the ones who you think they're they're your friends they'll kind of mm-hmm. downplay your dreams yep. but then when things start to happen like I'm sure everybody asking you now oh can I get a can you sing this for me can you do this show real quick can I get yeah. your music video you know I love yeah. your music video But you're probably thinking like, okay, when I was promoting my shit in the beginning, where were you? Were you reposting anything? Were you did you do the least to help me out? Yeah. Yeah. And that's how we feel about the podcast too, man. People want to be on it, but we're like, Dog, where were you at? Have you retweeted? Have you done anything that kind of helped us out when we were in the beginning, you know, trying to grind out these episodes, trying to Uh be best? You know, so And I don't know why people do that. I don't know why people
4: don't support from the beginning, because I feel that a lot of things can move kind of faster if everybody yes. was helping each other. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, we don't, it's, it's a power of lifting each other up. Because we're all going to win. People understand yes. that. We're all going to win and stuff like that. So it's just like, why not help your brother when, what they're lacking? You know what I'm saying? I agree. If you know something, you have the tools and you have the provision. You have the um, the um link to help somebody. Just help them. You never know. It might be something that you say that can open up a door or can shift their refocus to help them to get to the next you know what I'm saying chapter of their life so i don't take that for granted you're right what you're saying that people jump the bandwagon that's bandwagon you know what I'm saying fans and stuff like that but we gotta appreciate them all yeah. i feel and um, yeah the best thing to do is fr- just, just even if they jump
2: the bandwagon hey appreciate it man mm-hmm. just just keep it like that and just keep it going
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you have dreams, keep chasing that shit. If you got friends that got dreams, support them. Support man, buy, them. Buy their projects. Like, I bought Leroy's yes. first single, man. I'm like, fuck yes. it. Yes. Like, I yes. didn't know what it sounded like, but I'm like, I know you put something out. I bought, he did. He did. He did. I bought that like, on Apple Music. Yeah. I bought I, I, yeah I, I
2: bought I bought. this one. I bought Knockout. Yes. Like, yes. I, I always tell people, um, I, I have no problem buying independent artists' music. I know a lot of people like to go right to Tidal, right to Apple Music, just to stream mm-hmm. it. But these mm-hmm. artists don't get shit for that. So, I'm, I'm like, it's better. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm being real, man. You you better off just going to um, iTunes and paying 129 for it. So, uh-huh. Yeah, so I, I, I had to make sure. People don't understand
4: the, the matrix of that because they don't understand that streaming is cool and everything like that. but in the record sales and stuff like that you don't make money like that Mm
1: -hmm. a lot of
4: artists make money off of touring and merchandise this year that's been cut out Mm -hmm. so just imagine and you see Kanye and all these other people fighting for their rights and stuff because that's all they have you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. nobody's performing this year so it's just like nobody's really getting paid so it's just you got to look at things like that so it's just support your artists support your um the underground people coming up and you might make that difference you might be listening to that song in the car and somebody with power in your car next to you in your seat and be like who's that yeah Mm -hmm. and that could open up the door for that person right there you know what i'm saying it's not even just about you it's about what the power and what you can do you know when you share that music and stuff like that i'd always think about that and that's with any dream. That could be about merchandise, clothes, um, podcasts with um, radio, anything. We have to share and use social media to our advantage. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah.
4: Not as um, something
1: to tear people down, but to use it as an advantage. So, mm-hmm. 100%, man. And that's part of the reason why we even have this podcast going, man. We're trying to link with people and, and really build. We had Darnell HTX on a few weeks ago. Dope. And from Broadcast Houston. He's trying to do the same thing, man. So we really feel like if we all come together and link together and promote people on, like, we could all make it. There's enough room for everybody, man. People it understand is. That. There's enough room for everybody. To it eat. is. We don't got to pick and choose or, or form squads and clicks. Like, we can all eat out here, man. So he's yeah. yeah, so powerful, friends. bro. Yeah, it is. A hundred percent. So we, we can all make it, man. Support your friends and have, they'll support you, too, hopefully. if They're the right kind of friends. If They're the right kind <laughs> and, of friends. And we, we can all make it, man. So very true, very, very uh uh good, good, great words spoken by our great friend here, Leroy Cook, to inspire yeah. us in these yes. tumultuous times we're in. So yeah. we'll buy we'll,
2: his go. single, man. Buy yes. buy it, go to iTunes and purchase it.
1: Leroy check Cook out all Knockout. All, check out all his music. Go to YouTube. He has great visuals as well, great oh, yeah. videos. Check him out on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Leroy Cook Everything. Check out his music. Like I, I, we're being real, man. Leroy is our friend, but we wouldn't be boosting his music if we didn't really fuck him. Man. Like, it actually is great it. music. So, yeah. even if we didn't know him as a mm-hmm. personal friend, we would still want him on his podcast to talk about his music, man. We're, we're saying it's non-biased. It's actually dope. Mm-hmm. So, if you're listening now, check it out. Give it a shot. If you love R&B, you'll probably like this, too. And, yeah, we're very very glad to Thanks have you so on. Thanks so much, y'all. Very glad I'm, glad have
4: I'm glad to be here. But anytime, you know, I'll come here just to talk. And we can't
1: yeah. <laughs> <You laughs> go get into it again because you have great yes. musical mind as well. We like to debate and go back and forth about certain things. So oh, yes. we're definitely gonna do this again. Probably some more chit chat. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So for our friend Leroy, like we said, check him out, stream everything, buy everything. And yeah, we'll we'll talk to you again soon, bro. Thank you so much, y'all other things that happened man uh we gotta laugh at some nba shit that took place and <laughs> first off i can't laugh about the rockets losing <laughs> even though it was expected
2: yeah, yeah i was about On say, our no la- not surprised
1: i think our po- last podcast was recorded the day before their last game against the lakers And we all knew they were going to lose. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, It's
2: funny because the Lakers, like, we all get excited whenever the Lakers lose the first game. Yeah. it's pretty Lakers like to figure people out. Mm -hmm. They will probably toss that game just to see. Then the next next four games, they just sweep. So, they did that with Portland. They did that with the Rockets. So, I'm not even surprised. Mike D'Antoni gone.
1: (laughs) Yeah immediately too, the the plane didn't even land yet he knew he was and he gone. said i'm out of here dog yeah he knew he, he was Told gone. the team on a plane like, yeah. i ain't coming back here people
2: that was that um uh, we uh, we talked about the last uh the last dance and how phil jackson mm-hmm. knew he was gone and knew he wasn't coming back that's pretty much what this was like he wasn't gonna come back no matter what they could have made it to the conference finals I don't think he was coming back. I don't think he liked the way he was treated here. They got rid yeah. of all of his assistants, uh, assistant coaches. They they kind of fucked him over a little bit. So I, mm-hmm. I, no way in hell I saw him coming back.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Phil Jackson thing was different because he was told he wasn't coming back. And then everybody knew that even before the season started. Mm-hmm. You know, even if like it was at public information, people asked me about it at press conferences. But I think ownership probably wanted to give him. Ex- I think they said they tried to give him extension during the season. And he said no. So yeah. you're right. He knew, like he, here, <laughs> yeah. he, he knew he was out of here, man. Yeah, he knew he was out of here, man. I'm sure he's gonna go to a better situation. But yeah, it. i it, It's unfortunate, man. But I have to call it like it is. I feel like the Rockets had their shot, and now it's over. Yeah.
2: Do you think? That, do you? Th- oh, I was gonna say. Do you think this trade was even worth it, man?
1: In retrospect, hell no. You're yeah. talking about the Chris Paul trade? Yeah. No. Like, we would have had a much better – like, West, I don't know if Westbrook was injured. I, I guess he said he he was dealing with a quad injury. But his playoff performance, generally speaking, has been poor. Mm-hmm. And OKC, we, we saw this. And it was always the fault of the teammates, you know. always oh, his teammates didn't do enough. Motherfucker had KD as a teammate at one point and drove his ass off. So yeah. –
0: Katie That's and so you know Harden. how that goes, <laughs>
1: Katie and Harden, and they could only get to the finals and got swept by LeBron in the heat. Yeah. So my, yeah, the, in retrospect, I wasn't mad at the trade when it happened because we saw Chris Paul as this frustrating player who would get injured. when We need him the most mm-hmm. and we lose a playoff series because of it. And we see he's getting older too. Yeah. But then we bring in Westbrook and of course he suddenly has injury problems too. And then he he shits the bed in the the yeah. final uh, in and, Western and, Conference semifinals. And Chris
2: Paul took them to the seven games.
1: <laughs> yes, they overachieved. So yes, yeah. in retrospect, uh, they definitely should have kept Chris Paul and ran it back. But mm-hmm. uh, Harden Harden didn't like Chris Paul. Like he didn't like that yeah. kind of leadership on his team. So it wasn't gonna work regardless. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the Kyle Lowry thing, man. I I used to think that you know they should the Rockets should have kept Kyle Lowry. Look what mm-hmm. he turned into. Yeah, but Kyle Lowry didn't like the coach at the time. It was uh, what's his name, the uh, dude from the Celtics. What's that motherfucker's uh, name? Shit. Kevin, Kevin Kevin McHale. McHale. They that he ain't like Kevin McHale, and they had beef, so it wasn't gonna work. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it just is what it is, man. Is yeah. the Rockets looking back? I think we'll look at 2017 as a year like the the Rockets really should have taken it. Yeah, they just didn't. Yeah. So. Unfortunate, but life moves on, what, man. What
2: do you think the Rockets need to do at this point? Because I don't they know, man. They're in the shit show, man. Like, you got that's, two people making max type of money. Yeah. You have no draft picks.
1: <laughs> I can't, you can't blow it up. Like, the Rockets are just going to be that team that's just going to stick around, maybe make it out the, the first round of the playoffs and then get beat in the second round. Like, they have been doing, honestly. Yeah. They're kind of stuck in that purgatory, man, unfortunately. The championship hopes, you know, with Harden, you always want to say it's alive. And Harden always has a great regular season. But when the playoff comes, man, it just never happens. And I have no faith it's going to happen again next year. I think the, the, the ceiling has been reached with this team. They were good enough to barely lose to the Warriors. And that's it. So, yeah, it is what it is, man. man. I've accepted it. It's unfortunate, <laughs> but. Yeah, it is what it is.
2: At least you still have. I mean, at least we still have like a um, a superstar, man. Because he could easily yeah. he could easily be in Cleveland and one out <laughs> to go to a place yeah. he really enjoy. It seemed like he really enjoyed Houston. So, yeah. So at least you got. And Rockets
1: that... games will always be fun to watch as long as as long as James Harden is there. Yeah.
2: yeah. You
1: know. So at least there's that. Th-
2: yeah, that's the one thing to suck about Cleveland because you. Like, players don't want to go to Cleveland and spend the rest of their career. Superstars don't. So, like, it's one thing if we had LeBron and LeBron was pretty much like James Harden, can't get past a certain point, but you still have LeBron where you can at least go to the game and be be entertained. Like, players like that will leave to, you know, go elsewhere. they they rather, you know, make it to the second round and that's it in L.A. or in Miami or something like that. So... That's the good thing about, I guess, being in Houston. At least it's a great city where you don't mind spending the rest of your career
1: (laughs) here. That's true, man. So they can attract free agents, but like the owner's unwillingness to spend, plus the fact that, you know, Westbrook is what he is. Like it's going to be tough for the Rockets, man. I have no championship expectations from them anymore Mm -hmm. at this point in their whatever the franchise is right now. So, (laughs) It is what it is, man. I'm just gonna watch with a disinterested eye. Like I, I will, I will raise my eyebrow when something good happens, but I won't be going crazy like I used to, man. Because I've accepted that it's probably over now. So yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um. So do you think that the Dantony, the 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 D'Antoni era was successful um, for the Rockets?
2: I think so, man. I, I
1: think so. I I still
2: think he's somewhat of a uh, underappreciated coach. Because the the way this thing was playing in the beginning, man, like it, it wasn't working at all. So yeah. so what they did was they they went small ball like in the middle of the season, and it actually worked. It actually caused problems. But I, like I know I knew it wasn't going to last that long. But the the uh, they went small ball because of Russell Westbrook, and it really worked out for him. And it was I th- I think it was pretty good, but. Like I said, man, they in the West, they going against these, you know, elite teams and you can't, I, 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 it's just unfortunate, man, because he, he played against one of the best teams of all time in the Warriors.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, and it, To me, to me, um, Houston was like um, Toronto in the East when LeBron was in the East. They like like I felt so bad for Dwayne Casey, man, because yeah. he was going against LeBron like three or four straight years, yeah, and would get bounced out no matter what. It was times they had the best record in the league. It was times they had or uh, the best record in the East, and they get swept by the Cavs. And unfortunately, he ended up getting fired right when LeBron went to the West. So it's just like, damn, if 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 he would have stayed there, he probably would have eventually got to a uh, finals. But I I just think that's where the Rockets were, man. They was I mean the Warriors was the best team for four for about four straight years. And, you know, you you can't really be mad at him for not getting past them. But by by the time by the time the Warriors were over, I mean this was like Dantoni's last year. Or, you know, it was on a you know, I guess it was at a point where you could tell his his um, time in Houston was about to be up. So, and and then you had LeBron James, and you had LeBron James in the West, and you had Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in the West. So, I, I think I think it was very unfortunate for him, but I think he had a real good career in Houston. <laughs> I,
1: I I tend to agree. I'm a little bit mixed because I I feel like. Mike Mike D'Antoni is a great regular season coach. He will get your superstar MVP. You know, look what he did with the Phoenix Suns. He got Steve Nash, too. He mm-hmm. went to New York, and he made Jerry Lynn a superstar for a little bit, man. For those few couple months, he was yeah. balling out of control. Yeah. Like some no-name yeah. player like Jeremy <laughs> Lynn, he made him into a star. Yeah, Houston paid his ass, too. <laughs> yeah, got him a nice little contract for his bum ass, too. <laughs> so... I think he he plays a style that is conducive to winning a lot of regular season games and can get your star at MVP award. Mm-hmm. In the playoffs, man, I think he struggled. I think I don't think he really made any adjustments that should be made when you're missing twenty seven fucking threes in a row. Change, <laughs> do something different, man. Call yeah. a different fucking pick and roll. Do something, dog. Yeah. At that Stop point, take the- it to the basket. Try to yes, know, yeah. They asked him about this in the last series, man, against the Lakers. They're like, you know, when these threes aren't falling, have you considered encouraging mid-range shots? And he's like, well, I don't tell them to stop shooting mid-range, but basically he does. That's his whole style. You don't take mid-range shots. They're bad shots. He was saying that that was a bad shot to make a mid-range two. But (laughs) – if you're star, we, we didn't have anybody, especially fucking Westbrook could not make a three to save his life, man. <laughs> Don't tell him to make it, to shoot any more threes, <laughs> drive to the lane, treat him like, well, Rondo makes threes. Now I can't even say Rondo. Yeah. But uh, like, do you got to make adjustments in the NBA to win? And he just didn't, he really couldn't. Yeah. And so I can't say his time. here was a failure. Like we have some great games, great series, uh great great regular seasons and James Harden got his MVP. But in the playoffs, man, he was very disappointing because I feel like a better coach could have got the Rockets past the Warriors at least once. Mm-hmm. At least once. Yeah. So and
2: that's and that's the other thing too, man. Like I know a lot of people kind of shit on Steve Kerr a little bit because he kind of just walked into a great team and Yeah. <laughs> but like this dude coaching was pretty good when it came to certain teams, like the times he played the Cavs, um, this, w- this was back when everybody had to have a big ass center. And uh, when the Cavs had Moskov, this uh, Steve Kerr would go small ball, and it would make Moskov look crazy. You know what I mean? They was like shitting on Moskov, even though Moskov had like 28 points. Mm-hmm. But it didn't even fucking matter. He was going small ball. He was... I forgot who he, he was playing like Draymond Green at at the five, and I'm like, damn, that's you know that's crazy. So like he, I think he did the same thing with the Rockets. That's why um um what's his name Clint Capella was looking lost, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm like, why the fuck is why the fuck is uh D'Antoni playing this dude? Like like just cut the small ball, man. Just I mean just just cut the tall ball. So um, just little stuff like that. I think he could have made an adjustment and, you know, so yeah, like that's, that's one thing I do respect about Steve Kirk coaching because he he would do little shit like that, where it's just like, damn, like now we got to play towards them.
1: (laughs) And look how uh, Frank Bogle's the Lakers coach, right? I mean, I don't people say that uh, LeBron's the coach of whatever teams he's on, but look how they adjusted after each first game loss. To mm-hmm. the Trailblazers and the Rockets, man, they took that small ball and they actually ran it well. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then they're against the Nuggets now, and they fucking already beat them in the first game, blew them out. So, yeah, they're looking dominant, man. We got laugh yeah. at the clip. We got to laugh at the Clippers too, <laughs> because the three down, uh, up three second time the Nuggets have come back against a three one deficit and won. Uh, but the Clippers disappointed Kawhi and Paul George, and uh, somebody else combined for less points than Jamal Murray in game <laughs> seven. Game seven, man. Yeah, so who do you blame for this? Ficky, do you blame the bubble? Do you blame Doc Rivers, or do you blame the superstars for just not showing up for whatever reason? Uh, with the Clippers, uh. Or is not? Or is Denver just that good? They can't be I, too good because they just lost. But. Yeah,
2: I want to, man. I low key want to blame the bubble, man, because you see how you see how the Bucks look. They was the best team in the whole league. Yeah, and they look awful against Miami. They damn near got swept. They, they should have got swept. So you see all these um like superstars, you know, coming up short. And so I I kind of want to blame the bubble, but. At the at the same time, man, I think I think I think the Clippers just look tired, man. Like I don't know if they t- was tired of being in the bubble or if um I, I feel like Kawhi and um Paul George kinda don't like each other for some reason. Mm-hmm. They don't seem like they as close as, you know, we all think. But yeah, they just they they are they blew two three one leagues. They they threw a three one uh they blew a three one lead to um Dallas. I want to say, yeah, I think it was Dallas. And de- but they came they came away in that game and then they blew a 3-1 lead to um Denver. So, yeah. I don't know if they just tired of being in the bubble or if they really don't care. Remember um <laughs> they they was one of the teams that wanted to quit. Yeah. After the thing. So, I don't know if they just tired of being there. You got Lou Williams going out for wings and you know shit like that, going to strip clubs. So, maybe they just didn't want to be in there. Maybe they They didn't care about this season like that.
1: I think that's possible, man. I I was reading the body language and what they were saying after their their press conference when they lost game seven. It didn't really seem like anybody really gave a shit. You know, Kawhi is always going to be the same no matter what. People like Paul George, nobody really seemed upset about losing game seven, man. Nope, everybody was just like, well, I mean, we didn't think we win it all. The, we didn't. Paul George said something like, we didn't think it was going to be championship or bust, which I feel like if you're the Clippers, you should feel that way. Yeah. You know, at least have that attitude going into a game seven, like do or die. Yeah. But it kind of seemed like they were like, we'll run it back next year. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, maybe you just didn't want to be there. Maybe you just tired of the bubble, like you said. Yeah. They I, just got tired.
2: Yeah. I, I wonder what they're going to do because, uh, I don't want Doc Ravers to be fired and they bring in some white coach we never heard of. Yeah. And they and take look, him
1: to the finals.
2: Yeah. That, that happened every I wanted to bring this up too. Um, uh, I've been meaning to talk about this with Steve Nash getting the job for the, um, the nets.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How did you feel? How did you feel about Steve and Nate rant?
1: it's funny to me because Stephen a only gets militant about things like this. Yeah. You know, when Colin Kaepernick was first kneeling, I remember he was against that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, he was not down for any of these protests. He was down. Like he's always playing like the corporate Negro and things like that. But whenever a black coach or a white coach gets hired in the NBA, especially with well, the NFL too, he gets upset. Yeah. And not, I, I understand like you should want more variety in these positions for black people, especially given that they're majority black athletes in it. But I just think number one, like the the Kevin Durant and Kyrie signed off on this shit because mm-hmm. it wouldn't happen without their approval. Yeah. And I thought it was weird because Steve I thought Steve Nash is more of a soccer guy these days.
2: Yeah, I didn't even think he wanted to be in coaching.
1: I don't think anybody did. Last time I saw him, he was doing commentary for some soccer game. I want to say it might have been the uh, the World Cup maybe or some kind of soccer championship on uh, TNT. Yeah. That's the last time I seen Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. And now he's a head coach for one of the most talented teams in the NBA. Yeah. I'm like, okay. yeah, But you have to figure that's what the players wanted. And Steve Stephen A had a point. But I just take it with a grain of salt because he's always playing the other side when it comes to other racial issues. But when a white coach gets hired, he's like, "Oh, that's white privilege." I'm like, "Okay,
0: yeah,
2: whatever, yeah. man. There's yeah. bigger
1: problems for the black people than what coach gets hired."
2: Yeah, and it's funny because a lot of people was calling him out, like, "Hey, Mark Jackson got hired. He ain't having any experience." Of blah blah blah. I kind of understood where he was going with it. I don't know if he yeah. was. I don't. I don't know how he was really going with it. Like, I don't know if he was trying to say, hey, these, you know, these um, black people don't get a chance. But we see it all the time, man. Like, these black coaches always have a, a, a talented team, but it's always somebody in the way. Like, you know, Dwayne Casey. He, like, he always played good in the um, regular season and playoffs. But when it comes to LeBron, like, you losing to LeBron three or four times in a row. So, like, it's just like once that happens and LeBron go, goes to the West, then you bring in somebody like a Nick Nurse or, you know, and, and they get right to the finals and win. And, and they yeah. look like a legend. They look like a genius. It's just like, damn, like, Dwayne Casey could have got to the finals um, if LeBron wasn't in the East. And then if, and look at the situation. We know the situation in Golden State. Like, Mark Jackson had the most talented team ever. Mm-hmm. They got rid of him for whatever reason, and Steve Kerr come in. No disrespect to Steve Kerr, and they the best, and he looked like a genius. And I think that's the same thing that's going to happen with Brooklyn because there's no way, like this is not football. If, uh, you can't just hire a, a a guy in in the NFL that have no experience coaching, like no experience at all, no assistant coaching and nothing, and them be a successful team. We we seen that with the Browns, but um. In the NBA, anybody can really coach. <laughs> you mm-hmm. could put anybody on that sideline, but if, if you got a, a LeBron or a KD and a Kyrie, like you gonna look good. They might win a lot of games this year. So um, hiring Steve Nash, if if they go if they go like sixty five and whatever, he gonna look like the best coach ever, and he gonna look like a genius. So I, I just felt like, to me, I feel like, why, why you can't hire a a, a black coach for that type of position? Why it got to be like a rebuild <laughs> situation? You know what I mean? That's,
3: that's, yeah, that's
2: the only problem I had with it. Like, why, why you can't hire like a Tracy McGrady or something? Or and yeah, I, I know, I know, Kyrie and KD signed off on it because they was they was close with Nash, but mm-hmm. we never see a situation where. They hires a, a a a black former player that never coached to a, um to a um a team that got like some superstars.
1: Yeah, you know
2: what I mean like like right now the Rockets don't have a coach. You you won't see a um a Paul Pierce. Like I, I'm a Paul Pierce as an example because he don't coach. Mm-hmm. You won't see nothing like that going. to You won't see him going to the Rockets as a coach yeah. to a superstar t- type of team. And so I can't I, I don't know if he was getting it, uh, trying to get that point off, but I do think that's somewhat a problem, and I'm surprised nobody really see it that way.
1: No, that is a problem, and he did have a point bringing that up because he did say that too. Like the problem, it, the issue isn't just the fact that somebody got hired without any prior head coaching knowledge or experience. It's the fact that they walk into a great situation with superstars that are probably going to contend for a championship, mm-hmm. but. To me, man, I I blame the players a little bit because I feel like the players have a lot of say in who gets hired in these next coaching positions. Mm-hmm. And I remember Stephen A made this point too a while back uh, about the, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Steelers coach. Uh, Mike Tomlin. Yeah, Mike Tomlin. He said a, a lot of people, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, just don't really listen to black coaches sometimes or tune them out more easily, or just don't respect them as much as they should. And I feel like people bring up the warriors, but that team had tuned them out, you know, and then yeah. Andrew Bogut came after the fact and said that, you know, he was more of a motivational speaker than a coach. And I'm sure Steph Curry co-signed on getting a new coach as well and bringing in Steve Kerr. Yeah. So I feel like if the players stood up and said, no, nah, we liked Dwayne Casey. You're not going to get rid of him and bring in some white guy. You're not going to get rid of Mark Jackson, and bring in some white guy. You're not going to get rid of these black players, these black coaches who raised up these mediocre teams and replaced them with a white guy. They wouldn't do it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But I low key feel like the players are signing off on this shit. They're saying, yeah. get them out of here. Yeah. And bring in somebody else. So I blame the players, man, because yeah. if they wanted a black coach, they would, the superstars in the team have the clout to say, nah, you, you're not going to bring some, you're not going to bring a Steve Nash into our situation and just have them reap the benefits, but mm-hmm. they, they allowed it. So yeah, I can't blame the NBA and the head offices for that because the players have say too, and they're not saying anything. Yeah. So it's kind of on them, man.
2: Yeah, that that's true, man. That's true. But, yeah, I, it's funny how people really don't see it that way. Like, even with the Cavs, like, they hired this dude named David Black who never coached a day yeah. in his life in the NBA. And it just so happened, like, I don't think they I, – I I think they knew LeBron was coming back or it was possible. I think that's one of the reasons they might have hired him to kind of mm-hmm. sway LeBron to come back to Cleveland. But this dude never coached in the NBA, and you know you had somebody like a uh, Tyronn Lue who was Lisa's assistant coach, mm-hmm. and he was considered for the job, but he ended up getting the uh, 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 I guess the associate head coaching job for the for the Cavs. It's like that. Like what? Like why you ain't just bring him in? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you see, and and say for instance, if the Cavs won a championship that year. David Black would have looked like a fucking genius. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And we all know how uh, shitty he was and how LeBron didn't fuck with him at all.
1: Yeah. And LeBron is probably the one who got him fired and Ty Lue promoted. Is so, it, yeah. again, that goes on the superstars, man. They have clout.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: <laughs> so, that yeah, man. interesting, man. <laughs> it really is so yeah Stephen a has a point but i also feel like the players got to stand up you stand up for everything else racial injustice in the world stand up for the black coaches too if you want a black coach make it be known don't just sit by and, and make it look like the league is the one doing a racist shit when y'all can stand up too and have a say in it so yeah it is what it is man mm-hmm. uh so real quick, other shit that happened. Speaking of LeBron James, what's going on with Bronny, man? <laughs> you in Cleveland. You, you got connects. What's going hey, on with Bronny over hey,
2: there? Hey, not, he not in Cleveland. Oh, <laughs> he in L.A. Good. now. Yeah, I he guess, in but. L.A. <laughs> it's, it's
1: smoking that good good. <laughs> what's going on with Bronny, man? This man over here smoking weed on IG. Yeah, he just,
2: it's funny because he had like a fat-ass blunt. like, And he was just like, he was showing like puffing, uh, inhaling and puffing it out. You know how people do whenever yeah. they smoke weed. And that was pretty much it. I was, I was so shocked because I I seen the an account. And I'm like, I know this can't be real. This got to be photoshopped somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was really him, man. Like, what was he thinking putting that on his actual story? So the only thing I could think of, maybe he thought he put in his close friends, mm-hmm. and you know it didn't go there. I know some people probably do that by mistake, but that's the only thing. That's the only reason I think he did that. Maybe, maybe he tried to put in his close friends, you know, you know, close friends with his, you know, white girlfriend or something.
1: Yeah. And it went public. I mean, but then again, wow, well, I don't know, man. I think Bronny's smarter than that. Like he, I just think, and I don't want to say a kid just going to be a fuck up, you know, especially when they are gone through a young age and they just going to be rebellious by nature. And LeBron, we didn't know what he was doing and well, actually we didn't know what he was doing in high school because he was famous at that point. Yeah. But I feel like somebody like Bronny is going to struggle, man, Um, it just in terms of how great his father is, the expectations for him, period, and also the temptations of growing up super rich and famous already. Yeah, like it's going to be very difficult for him to succeed on the pro level in the NBA. Yeah. He has a talent to do it. We've seen his high his high school mix tapes against unathletic white kids. So <laughs> we, we know we know he can dunk and shit, but I think he's gonna struggle, man. Just not just like the physical toll of basketball, but just the temptations and how he's grown up super rich like this and already in the spotlight. So yeah, it's gonna be tough for him, man. Yeah. I, I wish the best, but I don't know. I think he might get trapped. <laughs> I think, He's gonna no, get some girl pregnant he, early. Yeah, he and de- it's gonna go downhill. He definitely
2: gonna make it to the NBA. I don't know how he'll be. He gonna make it off the uh Off the shrimp that his name is LeBron James Jr. Yeah, but I'm not. Sh- uh, I, I I I I probably wanna bet all the money I have that he won't be as good as LeBron. Oh no, uh, I, I, I think it's safe to say that. But um, he definitely will have a chance, and I'm I'm just shocked that. Uh, I guess I'm was, I was just shocked that he went out like that, like just posted that shit because, mm-hmm. you know, I I know LeBron got to be super pissed off because ain't nobody going to, Le, uh, to Brownie with that. They going to LeBron. <laughs> they asking that shit in the press conference. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: And so he got to answer them questions on top of him being in the bubble. So he can't even, <laughs> he can't even talk to him for real, for real so (laughs) i just i don't know man i just don't get it man
1: (laughs) it's tough man i don't know he's I, i don't think he really understands like how this makes other people in his family look especially lebron james you know i don't think he really understands i don't think he really gets the weight of being lebron james jr yet yeah i don't think he really understands it so like he's been doing goofy shit, man. I, I hope he'll learn. He got time. He's still young, still in high school. He's gonna do stupid shit, but yeah. I hope he learns. Like we want to see him be great, of course. So yeah, I don't know. I hope yeah. he learns, but I'm it's not looking too good right now, man. Some shit like that is just some goofy, yeah. too real goofy. You should have known better.
2: Yeah, but. and 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 plus, you know, with somebody like LeBron who is squeaky clean. You can't yeah. find anything on LeBron. It's it's mm-hmm. one thing you could that that been rolling around about LeBron for years about him having a secret baby with
0: this yeah. with
2: this reporter <laughs> who used to work in Cleveland who was fine as hell, by the way. Oh, shit. I forgot her name, but um, uh, Sharon. Her name's Sharon Reed. When you get a chance, mm-hmm. just look up Sharon Reed. Okay, man, fine as hell. But um, yeah, outside of that, man, and that shit got dead. <laughs> that that, mm-hmm. that rumor got dead. real quick. I don't know if Olivia Pope was on the on the case, but
1: (laughs) that shit got deaded
2: real quick. She ended up getting fired from the station and all that. But um, LeBron's career is like squeaky clean, so like you got to be pissed off to have your son who is underage. It's not like he's eighteen. You got somebody that's underage, you know, smoking weed (laughs) on the on the on the gram. And now I got an answer to that shit. And everybody looking at me, seeing how, how I'm going to react to it. Mm-hmm. So, like, man, he I know he a kid, but you got he got to be better than that, man.
1: Your daddy out here reading Malcolm X autobiography. Yeah. And the son out here smoking weed messing with white girls, man. Mm -hmm. damn shame yeah
2: i wonder what fox news saying about that
1: you know they (laughs) oh they digging into what a
2: terrible dad
1: (laughs) (laughs) raising a thug kid oh my god speaking of speaking of goofy immature shit man did you see that john wall video (laughs) oh man that man had to apologize for that shit he there's a video john wall throwing up blood Gang yeah, signs, spelling
2: blood out. I, as I don't some,
1: know you could tell, you it. could tell he clearly like drunk as hell. Yeah, look yeah. like he getting a little fat too. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there shirtless at some kind of house party in the coronavirus pandemic, by the way, <laughs> throwing up blood signs. So yeah, it's it's John funny. Wall crazy man.
2: It's funny because um my uh my cousin is is, is his girl. Oh
1: so, wow, okay. Yeah,
2: so, uh I haven't talked to my cousin in a minute. Shout out to my cousin Shantae. But um, yeah, they they just had another baby, from what I've seen. Oh
0: wow! Yeah. Oh so, shit.
2: So yeah, they they there with the kids, but uh, I seen that. <laughs> I, I at first I seen that I seen the video before, but I ain't really think nothing of it. But then I seen a whole bunch of articles saying John Wall John War apologized to his family and friends and so i'm like oh shit what did he do i'm like i, I know he ain't cheating my cousin
3: mm-hmm. or
2: you know something like that so i read it i'm like wow he had to apologize for that video yeah <laughs> but <laughs> man that, that's kind of funny man
1: <laughs> it i'm kind of surprised he apologized for it man yeah but i guess he's the face of that franchise still for whatever that's worth. so he yeah, couldn't yeah. he, he couldn't not say nothing you, about it yeah it, man
2: it's tricky. you can't throw up no gang sign i mean or yeah. do anything gang related Like that's that that always been tricky. And we know Mm -hmm. we know a lot of these players, you know, where they come from, you know, Russell uh, Russell Westbrook being from L.A. and James Harden being from L.A. So, you know, they had their crew with them, but you you can't (laughs) you can't throw up that type of shit.
1: Yeah, man. That shit's crazy. I, I don't yeah. know what John Wall... And he's done it in-game, too. Somebody dug up some old video. Like, he's done that shit in the game. Yeah. It's fucking wild, who, so... Who,
2: who do you think is worse, personality-wise, between John Wall and uh, Gilbert Arenas? <laughs> because Gilbert Remember that situation?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, Javaris Crittenden, who went to jail, to who prison... Jail for life. kill yeah. somebody. Yeah. yeah. Fucking... I don't know, man. Yeah, because that, remember
2: that's... Gilbert Arenas used to be pregame like you know throwing up the yeah with
1: the guns dog <laughs> gilbert arenas was hilarious to me he's still hilarious he, he, like, he has a he has a podcast yeah um and it, dog he had one episode with nick young i don't know if i ever laughed so hard at the fucking podcast <laughs> man it was so funny dog man. like gilbert arenas is a naturally hilarious person
3: yeah
1: uh so but personality-wise, worse. I feel like John. I feel like Gilbert Arenas has more maturity about him, even though he's immature too. Mm-hmm. He's he's more of a, a he's he's wiser at this point in his life than John Wall is at this point of his. <laughs> yeah. I don't think John Wall really gives a shit about anything. Now nah, He he's, got paid. He's thinking. He don't rich, care man. about losing in Washington every single man, year. People
2: now. Are saying he got the worst contract in uh, NBA history. He got paid and bar- and barely played. He been hurt for like yeah. two years.
1: Yeah. And I. I Who I, you talk about, Gilbert Arenas or no, John Wall? No, John Wall. Gilbert Arenas had a really bad one too. Yeah. No, John Wall.
2: <laughs> yeah, because he got like a hundred fifty mil. He got something yeah. crazy. And um, yeah, he was already hurt from his uh, regular injury. And then I think I I, I want to ask my cousin about this. So my we don't really talk, but I want to ask her what I really want to know what happened because. Remember he ended up hurting his leg again because he fell down mm-hmm. some stairs or something, like in his home, and I was just like, "What?" So he was out for another
1: year. Oh shit! <laughs> so he fell down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, it was some,
2: it was something like that where he had a, a a home in a home injury. It was something weird like that, but like dude missed two seasons pretty much. <laughs> so like this dude getting paid that much.
1: And they ain't play in two years, so. Yeah, man, <laughs> uh, it's between John Wall because Gilbert Arenas had a really bad one too. Yeah, he had a. I think the Wizards gave him a six year, one hundred twenty four million dollar contract, and then like he's they traded him to the Grizzlies. I don't think he ever even played there. Me,
3: like I he dealt with that.
1: it. Like he was out the league after that gun shit, basically. But he kept getting paid because he had a fucking guaranteed contract. So, yeah, that was one of the worst, too.
2: (laughs) It's something with Washington man. Yeah, I don't know, man. They they paying these wild-ass people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They should change their name back to the Bullets, man. I feel like they never really outgrew that culture.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I actually like that name. I I understand why they changed it, but I actually like that name, the Washington Bullets.
1: they they conduct themselves like they still the Washington Bullets, man. I don't think the culture ever changed. <laughs> they just tried to change what what we think they are, but nah, they they still the yeah. Bullets, man. They yeah. still some thug ass niggas don't give a fuck. What man?
2: Yeah, that's crazy. Washington, Ch- they had to change their fucking football name. They finally did. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: oh the the football <laughs> dog the the Washington football team kind of goes hard. I man,
2: like man. it, man. It grew. I like, I like that it. too. Yeah, I I like it. I I low key want to get a hoodie just
1: Washington football team it's like wait all right man i would keep it the mascot should just be a giant football i know they want to have like branding and shit but fuck all i wouldn't even have a mascot
2: like i wouldn't even have just keep it as a washington
1: football team i like that too man yeah like that's actually pretty hard
2: yeah i would man i would keep it how it is i know they probably trying to come up with a name but i would keep it washington football team
1: yeah, I think their event next year, they're going to have a name for sure. But I, I like the Washington football team. Man. I think it's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. So what else happened? Oh, yeah, I got to admit, like I said, I'm a hypocrite, dog. I've been watching sports nonstop lately, man. <laughs> I did. I realized I did miss it, man. And not even just sports. Like, I missed just leaving Sports Center on in the background yeah. while doing other shit and seeing highlights in the background. And I missed yeah. that shit a lot, too. Me, too. So I'm glad that's back, man. The
2: first week of um, NFL football was amazing, man.
1: I was was. watching
2: all type of random games. I was watching Cam with the Patriots. It's just (laughs) like, like it just felt good to see all this shit now, man.
1: It did, man. (laughs) It really did. So yeah, I gotta admit, I was a hypocrite because I said they should stop, but fuck it, I'm back on board, man. And I think. I don't know how things are going to look with the flu season coming up, too, and the fucking, Mm -hmm. they're bringing people back into the stadium. So we'll see how that shit goes. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, Anything else? Oh, yeah, real quick. uh, The PlayStation 5, man. I got to talk about this shit real quick.
2: (laughs) Are you buying it?
1: They got the the
2: cheaper version. They got the cheaper
1: version. Dog, this holiday season is going to be a fucking nightmare if you want one, because I already see all the people who make those bots to get all the the shoes off of the sneakers app. Mm -hmm. They're using that shit to get the PlayStation pre-orders now, man. Man. So they're trying to resell this shit for like triple the price in November (laughs) and December. And it's tough. I almost got one. I almost got one from Sam's Club, but they were sold out too. And now I don't... I was just getting it off the hype because I don't like... When, it, when the system launches, there ain't nothing to play for it yet, really. I mm. already got a PlayStation 4, and all this shit going to be on the same PlayStation 4, too. So I don't think I'm going to get one at launch, but it's crazy, man. People are <laughs> trying to get that girl to buy one for them and all this shit. The memes are and,
2: hilarious, man.
1: <laughs> oh, they're funny, man. They are funny. But I think that all the resellers are going to do what they usually do and sell it for, like, triple the price on eBay. Mm-hmm. And I hate that game, man. I, I hate too. that sneaker shit. It ruined everything. It need, to, it
2: need to be a law about that, man, where you can't. There do should that. be.
1: You mm-hmm. can't buy more than one, period. Y- yeah. What like, you need fuck, two man. of them for? Dog, I saw somebody get a hundred PlayStation fives. A hundred, man. That is like, crazy. Why would anybody even confirm? That? Like, you yeah. know what they going to use it for. Mm hmm. Yeah. And,
2: and, and that should make it. That should make like PlayStation or whatever company that runs that not to do that yeah like because they like the person who bought a 100 playstations are making more money off of it yeah so it shouldn't even be allowed you should at least i would say at least i don't even want to say two man like what you need two playstations for yeah like you're not about to give nobody two playstations
1: <laughs>
2: so that's probably max but it, i agree with you it should be one like one of anything yeah. shoes I, I think it should be one, especially if it's like Jordans or something like that. But, you know, I don't I don't even want to say black people, but, you know, people going to find some type of way that the nigga rig it. Of course, they, they going to have their cousins <laughs> to and just no matter what, one. they
1: going to find a way. man. Yeah. Yeah. They still on PlayStation five, like Popeye's chicken sandwiches on the corner. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's,
2: that's crazy, man. Well, I mean, with that being said, I might end up buying a PlayStation four, man. Because I, I I still won a game since I still got the Xbox 360. Oh so, shit! Yeah, so, uh I might. I, I almost bought the Xbox One from the mm-hmm. um, from the um, pawn shop, and uh, the guy was gonna give it to me for like one twenty.
1: Damn, you should have caught so,
2: that man. Yeah, but uh, like at the moment, I'm just like, ah, uh, you know, I ain't gonna play it right now. But mm-hmm. if I do get something, I might just go there, and just grab it if it's like a hundred dollars.
1: That's a smart thing to do, man. Like, you wait until all the games get cheap. Like, all the games I finally played, they were, like, 20 bucks when I finally got my PlayStation 4. Yeah. So, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I had a lot of shit to play, too. But at at the launch, you ain't got shit for the PlayStation 5 yet. Mm -hmm. Except for Madden and NBA 2K, which is already on the old shit. So Yeah. Like, who cares, man?
2: Yeah. And plus, I kind of got to the point where I don't need it brand new. I don't, yeah. need, I don't need to be the first one in line to get it. Like I don't mm-hmm. give a shit about that. Like I would rather get the PlayStation Four at this point, <laughs> just at least I could just play my little games. And I, you know I don't care about the the brand new 2K or the brand new Madden. Like I will probably get it, but like I I'm cool with just playing the new game because mm-hmm. they they pretty much quit making 360 games. So I can't even if I could I would probably get like a, a, a the new Madden with it, but. Yeah. yeah, I don't even think they make them for three sixty now. So yeah, no,
1: nah, it's dead now. Yeah,
2: so I, I, I that's like you know I'm getting old, man. My birthday next mm-hmm. month, so I'm, I'm looking at the older. <laughs>
1: the yeah, games. nah, that's a smart thing to do, man. Honestly, yeah,
2: because I don't play the games that much anyway, so mm-hmm. I'm not like a nerd with it. So all I need is a little PlayStation Four or Xbox One,
1: and I'm cool. Yeah, man. That's all you need. Dog, the last system I got when it first came out was a PlayStation 2, I think. And that's only because my mom was a manager of a GameStop and I had to hook up. Mm-hmm. So she saved one for me. Dog, I was so excited when I got <laughs> it, man. Dog, when a when that shit came out, that shit was unlike anything else. I was probably, like, no, this shit can compare. That
2: was probably the best game system of all time. Oh, 100%. 2. Yeah, uh,
1: It had everything, man. Grand Theft Auto 3, tech in all these fucking fighting games and dog it at everything yeah so when that came out that was the biggest thing and i got one out there i was so fucking happy man <laughs> but all this new shit it's all the same to me man that's yeah. why i know i'm getting old too it's like i can't see the difference between yeah. the graphics i'm like this look just like my shit yeah <laughs> so and then I'm and then like, the whatever. other thing
2: i was looking at the playstation uh this is a four
1: or five playstation five the new one is a five yeah
2: yeah i was looking at that and the cheaper one didn't have like a disc for
1: it. Yeah,
2: and I'm like, what the fuck? So I got to so, d- so you got to have internet, which everybody probably got internet.
1: Yeah, but you got to yeah you have fast internet because these games are fucking like twenty gigabytes each or forty.
2: Yeah, and you got to go online to purchase games. You can't just yeah. like be in the store and see a cheap game, or you can't buy a used game.
1: Exactly. So
2: it's just like, man, what the. F- like I don't know, I I I've been way out the game because I, I
1: used to
2: <laughs> I used to think the games that was sixty dollars was way too much. Yeah. Like why the fuck is you paying sixty dollars for a game or sixty five dollars for a game? But now man, I guess that's the regular price.
1: Yeah, it is, man. <laughs> it is. And these new ones gonna be seventy bucks, so
2: <sighs> Yeah.
1: No, no, yeah, I might just
2: stick with the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One. Yeah, man. Just,
1: just get the old shit, man. You have yeah. stuff to play. You got plenty to play on that shit.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. I right, man. I think that about wraps up this edition of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We'd like to thank our special guest and dear friend Leroy Cook for joining us. Again, check him out on everything Spotify, Apple Music. Buy his new single, Knockout. Check out his other videos as well on YouTube follow him on leroy cook at instagram twitter etc etc a good dude and makes great music yeah, gems and juice are the spotlight yes yes a new new feature we're trying to work with a uh, new artist and of course we had to get our friend on first to uh, kick that whole thing off mm-hmm. rest other in, things rest other shout to, outs
2: uh, rest in peace to rbg
1: oh yeah <laughs> notorious rbg as they call her yeah, I, feel I, I feel
2: bad. I feel bad. I didn't know who she was, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, I didn't think you're going to admit that on the podcast, yeah, man. I, I will, <laughs> man. I, I'll
2: fall on that sword, man. But I, <laughs> I had no clue who she was. Usually when somebody passed and you don't know who they are, you Google yeah. them and be like, Oh, they played in this movie. Or, Oh, she was <laughs> <trying."> <laughs> like I did all that. I'm like, I don't like, I still don't know.
1: But yeah, yeah. I, I can't say I can name all 12 Supreme Court justices, but I did know her. She was probably the most famous one because they made memes of her and stuff. But, I mean, she was 84 she had cancer, so I can't say it was, like, shocking to be here. Yeah. But still, rest in peace, you know, of course. And, uh, yeah, election year is gonna be crazy, man. I- I'm telling y'all, be prepared because shit's gonna hit the fan literally. Well, not literally, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm other shout outs uh tab tech of course again check out tab tech on amazon ebay etc etc mm-hmm. uh, you can find out uh, new cell phones cases whatever you need for your mobile needs tab got you tab tech t-a-b-t-e-c-h you're also streaming now on amazon music yes sir yes yes shout out to that we're collecting all the, the streaming platforms it finished, it, <laughs> we it got the stones, the stones man We're gonna yes. snap this bitch in a minute <laughs> <laughs> so yes yeah. uh follow us on there as well yeah. um shout out to jasmine as well for, for helping out with the podcast behind the scenes yeah shout out
2: to teach Laugh, craft we got some stuff in the works together on some um gems and juice shirts so shout out to them
1: Yes, yes. Are we going to make that available for the public or how are we do Oh, for man? sure, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah we need a Ginger Do store, man.
2: We do, man. We do. We got to talk about that. <laughs> we got to talk yeah. about that.
1: <laughs> we, we could sell one of your mixtapes with every shirt we sell, man. Get, this, get yeah. some shit out there, too. <laughs> I feel you, man. Yeah. So yeah shout out to that as well and uh, yeah follow us on social media as well jimson juice podcast biggie fig producers in the loop 10 to 2 sports radio 610 keep tuning into that good show and yeah guys we'll still we're gonna keep grinding away man we got some more guests lined up in the future and we definitely gonna keep giving it to you <laughs> so thank y'all for listening shout
2: out to quincy avery for popping on last week
1: too yes shout out to Quincy Avery appreciate great interview if you haven't heard that yet check out the last episode episode 130 I think great mm-hmm. interview with Quincy Avery talking about Deshaun Watson and other things so mm-hmm. check that out great interview good dude hope to have him on again soon
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I think that about does it so for all y'all gemsters and or whatever the fuck you called y'all whatever <laughs> their name was gemstones and juicers. I will talk about <laughs> that shit <laughs> Appreciate y'all listening.